put the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bear their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is... If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan, tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth, and they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? I love the efficiency of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen... Dan and Aldo. Hello, everybody. Dan Aguara, how are you, my friend, my good friend? I missed you this weekend. Yeah, I wish I could have uh, hung out with you, spent some time with you, but I don't know how much of the circumstances you want to put on air, but obviously bad things happened, and uh, we both understood. Yeah, my uh, daughter got appendicitis, rushed her over to the hospital. I uh, actually met her there when I walked in. She was in tears. She was so glad to see her dad and her stepmom. Her mom was out of town, so uh, she uh, got the surgery a few hours later, and, and she's on the mend. So thank you for asking about her. You've repeatedly reached out. I appreciate that. And everyone else on social media that uh, wished her and me well i was a nervous dad <laughs> it's been a bad year it has been a bad year i mean whether it's finances for me with everything that went wrong earlier in the year like the heat pump and all that and then yeah. you know your condition with the you know the the aneurysm and the blockage and and shit <laughs> your daughter i mean it's just like god it's just been one and then the bears i mean the, the bears that's probably the headline at all these. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, didn't expect this at all. You know, I went on to uh, Bears Country podcast and predicted, what was it, 14 and 3. You know, I was I had a couple of drinks in me, so I was being a, a 100% fan. I never really expected 14 and 3. But I, I every year I predict a big winning record because that's what I want to happen. Maybe I should just predict a losing record for 2024 hmm. and we'll make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever going to happen at this point. I, I don't mean to be negative. In fact, I tried to come up with one angle that's positive. Mm -hmm. Which and is? this is a little paper thin, but I want to acknowledge the 1992 San Diego Chargers started the year 0 and 4, mm -hmm. 
and mm-hmm. still made it to the divisional round of the playoffs before getting the doors blown off of them by the Miami Dolphins, who then went on to lose the AFC Championship game to the Bills, who went on to lose Super Bowl 27 to Dallas. But the Chargers started 0-4, still made the playoffs. Is there a chance the 0-4 Bears could get their shit together? You say Tevin Jenkins is coming back. You'd have to think Kyler Gordon will be back after the bye. Mm-hmm. Potentially, even if it's with the club. Jalen Johnson maybe back after the bye. Uh, who knows about Eddie Jackson? Maybe we're better off with him wherever the fuck he's at. I don't know. But uh, right. I'm trying to come up with something positive because I don't want to just be here, Mister Negative. You were at the game on Sunday. What did you see that was positive? The the crowd never booed. Good. I mean, like they turned on Fields in the third quarter of Green Bay. The only time I heard a boo all day was after the pick, and not even when he got picked. It w- went silent then. But when Denver did the kneel down with Russ Wilson, like kneeling the clock out, and then everyone starts walking on the field, then they all booed. But mm. they didn't boo the whole game. They didn't even boo him when he got picked. I thought that was progress, um, e- even early on. But the Bears did announce the defense first. Mm-hmm. not the offense. The defense came running out of the fog machine and not uh, not Fields. So I think that was done intentionally, but they weren't on him. They were in support even before the score, even mm-hmm. before they were uh, – because, you know, we were down 7 nothing immediately. Right. Even then, the Bears, the, the fans weren't booing yet. So right. the, the, we were there, man. The fans were there for him. And uh, that was a, a, a big surprise. After the 0-3 start, I thought, uh-oh, 7-0, the crowd's just going to turn on them immediately. And that didn't happen. I want to learn more about what you observed. I just want to tell the audience that Johnny Santucci is manning the chat room conversation. He will be with us later. He's got a Bears state of affairs that we're all on the edge of our seats to listen to. Uh, We've got our media mashup. and, And one of the major themes that we'll talk about for a little bit is, you know, Ryan Pulse. What has he done? How, how much of a contribution has he made to this record losing streak? So back to the game. Now, at what point in the second half did you say, oh, shit, they could blow this? Well, I was worried the whole time, even when it was 28 to 7, because he's like, no, go ahead, go ahead, because I didn't want to be a rub it in your face kind of winner because we never win. So I don't like when people do that to me. Mm-hmm. So when it was 28-7, I, was, I felt bad about kind of even clapping along to bear down in front of him. He goes, no, do your thing, man. Uh, but I told him then, and it was, wasn't was bullshit. I was like, well, this, the game's not over. The game's mm-hmm. not over. It's the Bears. I mean, you're still in it. And I, I didn't know how true those words would be, but I knew there was a chance. Uh, but if he were here, Sylvester would tell you that I kept saying, you have to, if we get down here and they don't score, you have to kick. You have to take the points. I was saying that at the 30-yard line on the other side. Mm. I was like, you got to take points. You can't go for it and not get it like early in the game. Uh, I know they got that one first down with, with that commit play, which is just terrible. Somehow they got that. Same one they ran against Green Bay. But I kept saying, we got to take the points. If it comes down to this, you got to take the points. And then we get down there, and I'm like, Oh, okay. They're just trying to drum off sides. All right. Call timeout. Here comes Cairo. Nope. It's Fields. Holy shit. What are we doing? Why did we just waste a timeout? Why don't we just come out? We're in a shotgun again. Why are we in a shotgun on fourth and one? Why not have Fields just do uh, straight up the middle quarterback sink or go play action? Do a bootleg. And then maybe somebody's open. If they're not, he can run for the first down. Or maybe you can bring in Blazing Game and hand off to 
to to uh, Herbert. Well, he's right there and not having to run six yards to make up for the shotgun. Oh, my God. It's like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong on that play. And, of course, uh, our rookie right tackle took the blame for it. And I guess it was. I saw his tweet or someone quoted him in the tweet saying that it was completely his fault because his guy beat him. Okay, but it's still a bad call. I, and I'm not saying that in hindsight. I was saying that beforehand. You have to take the points when you've given up 21 straight. Bla- break that cycle. Mm-hmm. And right. sure enough, sure the fuck enough. Well, that was a great monologue and, and recall of what happened there. I, I was living it, as you were saying, because I had that gut feeling. Really, it really hit real strong when they scored. the Broncos scored their 14th point. And I said, oh, shit, they're going to blow this, aren't they? I was yeah, by myself. He fumbled. Yeah. He fumbled. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that was it, man. I, I knew it was going to happen. And I immediately started thinking of, okay, so this is the greatest game Justin Fields has had as an, as in his NFL career. How is he going to react if they blow this or when they blow it? And then they blow it a little bit because of him, right? I I think people throw rocks at me when I say that, but you texted it to me. You said it perfectly. You know, great quarterbacks win games like that. They overcome the mistakes. They don't commit the mistakes. Uh, So I feel like I've made two really good points, not to tug on my own dick here, but in the last couple (laughs) of days with regards to fields. Mm -hmm. uh, For one, and and again, everybody's not Michael Jordan. I get it. But – if you're going to just say it's all coaching, you could have had Michael Jordan on the worst NBA coach that you could ever imagine. Whoever that you think is the worst coach of all time. Do his talents suddenly dissipate? Mm-hmm. I don't see that. I mean, I know coaching leads to a lot of problems with the scheme and the play calling, right. but a great player supersedes that. And another good point, I think, I think is a good point. Imagine if that were Jay Cutler that threw that pass the other day. <laughs> no one would come to his defense and be like, oh, well, it's not his fault. It's this, that, and the other. It's like the whole town was always ready to pounce on Jay, and the whole town's always ready to make excuses for Fields. I don't understand it. Like, I like Fields. You know I like Fields. But it's like you can't call him out on mistakes or you're an asshole or something. Conversely, yeah. even when Jay wasn't at fault, everyone was ready to attack him. I, I don't know what the difference is. Yeah. I make a good point. I it's there's a, so much passion behind uh, Fields with uh, I I still think it's a large fan base. There's there are non-believers. Zach Sullivan has been a non-believer. Mike for North. Mike North. Uh, Mike North even before <laughs> they drafted Justin Fields. As soon as they released Mitch Trubisky, whoever was going to be the successor, Mike was going to dislike. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> There's no doubt about it in my mind. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, uh, Trubisky plays with the Steelers because I believe he's starting, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I heard that uh, the kid from Pitt got hurt uh, on Sunday. But, again, I right. didn't watch any other football. The Sunday night game, we we went to that, that bar that you and I went to again. I forget yeah. the name of it. Uh, after the game, and I drank a few more of those beers, those pumpkin spice Oktoberfest shits. They were, God, they're good. And um, went back to the room, and as soon as Sunday night came on, I went to sleep. Uh, I, I think I woke up like four hours later. But the point is, I, I didn't watch another second of another game. I mean, I just, when the Bears are losing, I can't even, I don't want to see anything else. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, well, I wanted, you know, I have to do a show afterwards, so that was that was tough to do. And I like to be behind the scenes when we lose, you know. That way, I I don't have to be like on on TV because that's my upbringing. When I was uh, standing in front of a camera at Channel Two days, I would rather be behind the scenes so that people don't see me grumbling and picking my nose and stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was tough. It, that was a, a really tough loss. And they're all at, at this point, I'm not to that numb stage. I'm as, as this losing streak builds, it, it's, it's affecting me. Every single one of them affect me in a different way. The KC one, you sort of expect it, but you didn't expect such an ugly loss. And, then this one against the Broncos, a team that gave up 70 points before. So you're thinking, wow, they've got 28 points on them already. They're probably going to add another 14, 21. And it didn't happen. Luke Getze's play calling got um, a little conservative for my taste. Yeah, you know, can, I, can I respond to that? I don't want to interrupt Please. your thoughts there. But oh. I it felt, again, I, I, I tried to watch the TV copy today as I recorded it onto DVD. And I found myself looking at my phone and not really paying attention because I just already knew what happened and it wasn't good. But mm -hmm. my recollection is that Herbert was really running the ball well in the fourth quarter. So you're trying to run a little clock. And if you are gaining yardage, I can't sit here and and criticize Getsy and say he was too conservative because the run game was fucking working in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I'm glad that he devoted a lot more attention to the run game. That is what he should have been doing week one. I mean, this is a run team first. And with Justin and Herbert and now the rookie, Roshan, uh, and maybe and we'll get... If we ever dust him off and get him the mothballs off of him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of like the fact that we have him in reserve in case one of these two guys gets injured. It's a long season. And, and I like the idea that both of those backs are getting substantial carries. And if Foreman were to be active, then I'm afraid neither back, neither one of the three backs could get into a nice rhythm. I That's, think he's the best of the three, though. He might be. You know, right. I mean, he he really surprised and shocked people last year with Carolina, how, how well he did after the McCaffrey trade. Um, but Roshan, I think, is going to be special. I really, really believe he's going to be P special. PJ had a good comment about him. Now, I haven't focused enough on uh, Roshan to know you know how like Eric Dickerson ran up really high in yep. his career, like his stance. He said that Roshan has some of that in him that he runs too high. I, yeah. I haven't noticed. I haven't noticed it though. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny that every time somebody mentions a runner that runs high, they always talk about the greats. <laughs> you know, right. it's like this guy runs too too high. His name is Joe Perry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe the maybe the upright runners are all doing pretty well. I don't know. I'm I'm just a thought just popped into my mind. Uh, what what's his name? Had a question. Who was it? Cliff Victoria about. Uh, uh, Chase Claypool. Cliff, we'll get to that because in the media mashup, there's going to be a lot of talk about the Claypool situation. So we'll get to that right after the the, the uh, media mashup, uh, which is about 25 minutes long. So I'd like to play it in about another 10 or 15 minutes. But I forgot what I was saying earlier, but 
geez, I, I, I wanted to ask you one more question about your experience this past weekend, and it had to do with Sylvester, who is a <laughs> life, basically a lifelong fr uh, friend of yours. You yeah. guys have been tight for many, many, many years. He's a big Denver Broncos fan. What was he doing at the game? Did he do anything to annoy you? <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't annoy me. Uh, but uh, when they when they were down, he was quiet. Mm -hmm. And it's just so... It's so weird. This fucking annoying guy beside me, who was a Bears fan to the left of me, uh, this big bearded guy kept like moving and getting up and sitting down and moving. Like his dad was in the row and they just kept hugging in front of him. I'm like, just sit, sit down, get out of my fucking view. But anyway, so he has some kind of shit, some kind of sweets, and I don't know, Twizzlers or something. And Sylvester's like, give me two of those. And he's like, these are my rally Twizzlers. And started shaking them, and sure fuck enough, as soon as he started doing that, Denver scored and made it 28-14. And he kept saying, these are my rally Twizzlers. And so then every time it would be a crucial play, he would go to the edge. I watched him go to the edge of the aisle, and that was like uh -huh. his good luck thing. And every time he did it, it worked. And I saw it, and I was just like, where's the guy in the Jim McMahon BYU jersey to block him from going over there? So <laughs> as he got more momentum... As he got more momentum, he he started to talk, and then he was talking to all the Broncos fans that were around us. But then he started talking rhetorically to the Bears fans, not me, but he was like, getting a little tense in here, huh? Huh, it's getting a little quiet. Oh, God, I can sense the tension about blowing a big game like this. We're not, not supposed to be any good, but you motherfuckers are worse than we are. He's like, I can feel it. It's going to be a turnover. He's saying he's looking back and talking to everybody. He started dancing. Oh, he was wow. dancing. He was doing like Deion Sanders dancing in, in the aisle. So I know he probably <laughs> pissed off a lot of people. He didn't piss me off. Um, <laughs> but uh, when they won, he was a little bit robust. Let's just say that. Yeah. Did he have a couple of beers in him? Um, I, He wasn't. I don't think he was drunk. Uh, he got drunk the night before. And uh, maybe – Maybe after the game, he may have had a shot or something in him, but not to the point that was the reason that he was doing that. He was just legitimately happy about the, the outcome and being at a I, game where his team had this wreck, like a John Elway like comeback, you know? Yeah. I'm I'm glad that you didn't get involved into a in a fight. You know, in next week's show, I might have it ready. I've been collecting all these videos that they've been putting up on social video video uh, social media about uh, fights in the stands in the NFL this year. There, some people are claiming there's an increase. I think there's always been fights. It's just a lot more cameras now. Uh, but uh, I'm glad that you guys weren't involved in a fight and uh, no, it was captured on video. I don't go there to do that kind of shit, man. I'm not there to get drunk. I'm not there. I'm there to watch the game. But there would be a point, right, where, you know, if somebody pushed you far enough, you would say, fuck you, man. And, and For know. me to, to fight and get kicked out of the game, it would have to be like they must have hit me. Like that's the only way I'm going to hit them. I'm not getting kicked out of the Bears game. I don't care if we're losing 41-7. I don't want to leave. Yeah. So I'm not going anywhere. I might tell them to sit down or fuck off or something, but I'm not going to like – punch them because I don't want to get kicked out. Mm -hmm. I do not want so to that, get kicked out at all. I tried. That's your guys. That's your guys. Yeah, I tried so hard. I wore the old Cutler Jersey. I wore a bear starter hat from 1996. I was like, you know, i got to break this up. I'm going to wear something old to like, you know, I've been wearing new stuff, right. From 2022 or three. Mm -hmm. And so I went old school. Even my shoes were from the early nineties. 
uh, the design. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to break this somehow, this cycle of shit. And I get superstitious when we start losing like this, and it didn't help. It didn't help. And I talked to Ron. I met Ron. Excellent. And uh, Ron is going to the Carolina game on a Thursday night, and he said beyond that, even though he's got season tickets, he's so disgusted, he's not going to any more games the rest of the year. And he and I, he and I made a pact that I'm not going to any more either, other than the Raiders, because it's already taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I'm not buying any more gear this year. I'm not giving them any more of my money this season when they continue to put this shit on the field. That's my boycott. Ron, for those who don't know, is a uh, bar fly, listens regularly to the show, and actually got Dan and myself tickets to the Raiders game um, because he has season tickets. But I can't make it, so Dan will be taking another guest uh, with him. You, you care to announce? Heidi. Uh, I knew it was Heidi, but I didn't know if you wanted to uh, to announce No, that. no, it's fine. Uh, I've mentioned it on air before. Uh, and she's really excited, but she's really down. Like she sent me, a, I couldn't hear it yet uh, because, you know, I'm in the stadium. You know how it is. You can't really listen to your phone. Then mm-hmm. she sent me a voice message on Messenger probably one minute after uh, Fields got picked off. And then mm-hmm. I listened to it and she was just like, I'm so sorry that you had to be there for that shit. You know, I'm so she's sorry. Still, she's so sweet. You know, how many, yeah. how many people would do that? You know? It's yeah, exactly. So she's she's like, I feel so bad. You travel so far for for that. Yeah, and I well, mean it's true. But at least, I mean, I'm. It's still. I was at the game. It's not like I had to go serve time in the Chicago County Jail or something. Yeah, exactly. You were at the game. You were with a buddy. You got to see Justin Fields play well. And we're going to talk about what you know whether he can sustain that. You you got a thought right now? You think that against Washington, a much better defense? Do you think that? he can at least throw two or three touchdowns uh, on Thursday night. I, I don't know. I don't know, but I will say to be positive, Mm -hmm. the two touchdowns that he had were really good. I thought for him because they, of course he was on the run, which is not my point, but it seemed like they were throws. He had always missed before, like the one to Herbert and the second one, not the wide open one to commit, but the second one, I'm like, oh, if he's making these throws, he is progressing. This is what we want to see, like the tight little window, on the run, mm-hmm. improvisation. Mm-hmm. I was very happy to see those, and he was playing so good or so well, to be uh, accurate. But, uh, can he sustain that? Because we have to remember Denver's defense gave up 70 the week before, so it's not like they came out with a stout D. Washington's right. is typically better, especially their D-line. So I, I – <laughs> I will say this. If he is as much the franchise quarterback as his diehard supporters are, and I and I am supporting him, but there are people that will almost call you racist if you criticize him. And for those people, if he is as good as they say he is, then he's got to be able to bounce back in three days after blowing the game with a pick. If he can mentally come back, then that'll go a long way for how I think people see him the rest of the way. If he could have a big game against Washington, and then for some way, if he could play well and they steal the game, then he's feeling good suddenly for a week and a half on the mm-hmm. of, of, because of the mini buy, and then comes back against Minnesota, maybe ready, you know. So th- the game's very important for his right. psyche. If he comes out and has a bad game now, everyone's going to say, "See, see, he's not good. Denver just sucked, and he still blew it against a bad team." He's no good, and he's just going to keep getting kicked in the mud. So I hope for him that he can play well. I hope that at the very least, if the, hopefully the game is close or the Bears are, are killing them, 
but uh, more likely the game is close in the fourth quarter, and then he comes through because he hasn't. He, he has hasn't not. You're not, right. Other than the 49ers uh, game one last year. Uh, That's the only other one. Every other time he's thrown a pick at the end of the game. Right. I mean, it's always a pick, like an untimely pick. Like, again, same things that people would say about Jay and just be all over him no matter even when they did succeed. Because, I mean, you you can't say (laughs) – I know Jay finished 51 and 51, but, again, it's 51 wins. We can say now emphatically – through the first 29 starts of Justin Fields' career, he has the worst winning percentage in the history of the National Football League. He was 5-23, and 23, tied with uh, Steve DeBerg and Dan Pastorini. Now, Pastorini later won a Super Bowl at the Raiders, albeit with a backup because he broke his leg, but had some big games with the Oilers, so he was able to shake that off. DeBerg did well in San Francisco, Denver, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, etc. Uh, but my point is, both of those gentlemen must have won their next game because Justin owns the record now, five and twenty-four in his first twenty-nine starts, the worst winning percentage in the history of the National Football League for the first twenty-nine starts. I mean, you can't blame all that on Nagy or or Eberflus, uh, right? And a lot of people are in the chat room are saying, "Well, the defense is awful, the get play calling is awful, and so forth." True. And that, yeah, that's all true. Uh, and I think. Because uh, I think I agree with Dan. Dan, tell me if if I got this wrong, is that we're at a point now where in his this is his third year. He's got to start winning games. Right. He's got to come through in the fourth quarter. And we understand, you know, that there's these other factors that make it harder for him. But he if he's going to be a franchise quarterbacks win those games. They don't throw an interception and they don't fumble the ball. In the fourth quarter. Or an intentional grounding. Or an intentional grinding. Yeah, there was these major mistakes. And so we've been patient with him, but it's time. It's time. I I agree with you, J2K. This isn't about Justin Fields winning or losing the, the game. This is about franchise quarterbacks winning games. They don't make mistakes, and they make huge plays instead. This is what Luke Getze said about what the team can take forward after that uh, offensive performance against the Broncos. Uh, you know, as you look at the the way that that game played, um, you know, what we had 78 snaps instead of 50 snaps that we've had each of the first couple of weeks. So that part of it, you know, just shown that we're allowed to, we were able to play kind of the go into the game plan and play the way we wanted to play and we were able to run the ball. You know, we would have, we talked about explosives last week, how we were lacking that. We were able to go get those in the run game. And, in, and anytime you're able to do that, that's going to open up other things for yourself. And so, um, you know, just a, it's, it was an opportunity for us to go out and uh, we executed a little bit better in each area and we cr- were able to create more explosives and that, you know, always leads to more points. How do you evaluate, what, how do you discern how much of that is progress and how much of that was facing the worst defense in the league? Well, everybody in this league is really, really good. So I, I wouldn't take that for anything as far as who you're playing against from that, from that extent. Uh, every challenge is different as well, right? We go up against a team this week that is loaded and, uh, you know, as good of a front five as there is in this league. And so it's a different type of challenge, um, but one we can build on, you know, as we continue to grow through the season. Um, I, I love that question from Jason Jason Leisure. Basically, he said, listen, you, you, you guys had a strong offense for two, two and a half quarters uh, against the worst defense in the National Football League and one of maybe one of the worst in history. No, you're talking about ours. Ours, the worst thing. (laughs) 
All I was talking about the Broncos. Edmonds is like, man, I left my heart in Buffalo. <laughs> He's like, I no. came here for the money, Jack. I'm not doing shit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, this defense is bad. All right, let's do this. Uh, let's play the media mashup. It's 25 minutes long. Uh, lots of interesting topics. I got stuff from yesterday, and I added some stuff from today. So Before you hit, can I ask you a question? Please do. Because I know this is going to be uh, addressed in the – I want to know your opinion, though. Oh, I, 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 I come at this loaded in the sense that I I still sympathize a little bit with Claypool on this, unless there's something else I don't know. But mm-hmm. do you think this is like – so he he just says I'm not being utilized correctly in this offense, and they're like, "You're not even allowed in the building, bro. You're not coming to Washington." I, what the fuck are we doing? So my question is, what is your opinion on the the Claypool debacle? Um. Well, before I share my opinion, why don't we listen to Justin Fields' opinion? You know it sucks, but you know at the end of the day, uh, can't control it, and uh, got to go out there with the guys that we have and. Uh, execute like we did this past Sunday. So, uh, you know, wish nothing but the best for Chase. And, um, you know, I think he knows that, you know, he kind of messed up by kind of saying that. But, you know, wish nothing but the best. He's a talented player and he's a great person, uh, has a good heart and, you know, works really hard. So um, definitely going to be staying in touch with him uh, regardless of what happens and um, wish nothing but the best. You get messed up saying. Justin, do you think he'll be back at some point this season with the Bears? Uh, that's a question for Coach Flus and Pose. I don't, I don't, I don't make those decisions. That's but my pre grade. So yeah. When you say um, messed up and what he said, are you talking about? Talking about the media. How he just said no. Um, you know, talking multiple times, and he really tries to avoid the media. So uh, you know that that day, y'all just caught him, and you know. And of course, I think you know if he got asked that again, or if he you know wish he could take it back, he would. But of course, he can't. And um, you know, it is what it is. So you know, we just try to focus on what we can control, and that's what's going on in here. And that's you know, um, getting ready for Washington and getting ready to play. So as much as y'all think it does affect us, as much as the media thinks it affects us, um, you know, I know the guys in here are solid. You know, they they bring the same mentality each and every day to work. So. Definitely proud of those guys, the way they've handled everything and uh, the way they work through everything. All right. So I'll use his response to answer your question. It appears to the players, at least, that Chase is a very cool guy. I followed him at Notre Dame. I got to interview him at the Senior Bowl. I followed him, you know, now closely with the Bears. And it does appear like he's a good guy. The problem that I have is that he – on, it's on tape. You can see him loafing. You can see him missing assignments. You can see that he is not the player that he was at Notre Dame. He's not the player that he was at Pittsburgh. So what's gone on here? Is it is he just so upset with the coaching staff and his role as now, you know, in his contract here, he's letting his emotions get to him and he's thinking to himself, I'm losing millions of dollars. You know, yeah, they're not using me right. It's not my job to tell them that how to use me. So that's those stupid, immature comments came out. And I can see how Justin feels bad for the guy. And I feel bad for the guy really, but, First and foremost, I'm a fan, man. Give me a performance on the football field. Now, the, were the coaches correct in how they handled it? Absolutely not. 
I would not have told him to stay home. I would have told him, listen, you're going to be like the other inactives. You're going to show up. And if he would have talked back to me, then we've got a problem. And then I would say to the media, we, uh, I'm not going to get into the details, but Chase has been suspended for a week. And that's it. I'm not going to answer any more questions. It's between Chase and myself. Next topic. And, and that's how I would have handled it. But the way uh, Eberflus handled it was to lie. Yeah. Further proof that he doesn't deserve to be a head coach, not only of the Chicago Bears, but of any franchise in any professional sports. He, he just doesn't know how to handle the yeah, media. He's a, he's a fucking idiot. And if that's all Claypool did, how fragile is this organization to where they can't receive a little bit of criticism from a player who's saying, I can give you more? To me, I'll use winning time. It's like magic when he's battling Paul Westhead in the system. And he feels like, yeah, I can do what you want me to do, but we could win by such a larger margin if you would just let me utilize my talent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I kind of think that's where Claypool's coming from. I could give you more, and yeah, maybe I'm deflated as a result, and I can't get motivated because I feel like you're not putting me in a position to showcase my talents. And for them to just kick him out of the building for two weeks as a result of saying that makes them look like there is a frivolous and, you know, just like, fuck, man. You got to be stronger than that. You're the Chicago Bears. Exactly. I mean, exactly. you can't be that insecure. I totally agree. This coaching staff, you know, I always, any coaching staff that comes in, even if it's John Fox, who I hated the idea, I'm wishing for the best. Come on, show me what you got, the absolute best. But what Eberflus has shown was the stupid hits thing, which is really backfiring. It's, it's People are mocking it. Um, it, it. It seems like he can't get the players inspired enough to really super execute. When your players are making this this many mistakes, then you as the head coach and your co coordinators and those position coaches, you're failing. You're failing. Or Ryan Pose has failed in getting you players who can take good coaching, if that's what you're offering, and execute. So somewhere along the line, it's bad. And what I can see with these two eyes and I can hear with these two ears is that Matt Eberflus is a fucking idiot. Did I mischaracterize what, like what J2K says? I mean, to me, I did some conjecture of saying what Claypool might be feeling, but what he said was, I don't have a direct quote, but isn't it fair when I suggested that he said he was being misused, they weren't utilizing his talent. Wasn't that the gist of what was said? Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he said, uh, I, I, the question from Courtney was, Courtney Cronin, was, are, uh, are, you, are they using you correctly? There was about a seven-second pause, and then he said, nah, nah. And then he went on to say, it's not my job to tell them how to use me. Uh, and so that, that was bad, but I think you bring the player in, and if – and you talk to him and if there's still a problem after the conversation, but maybe that was just the tip of the iceberg though. Um, Dan, there could have been, you know, Eberflus did say this in that seven minute uh, press conference that was just dedicated to Claypool questions. He did say it's in with the Chicago bears that you got to be on time. You got to be attentive in meetings and you got to do blah, 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 blah. 
So the implication there was that Claypool might not have been doing that. Maybe he was showing up late. Maybe he was being disrespectful in meetings. Maybe he wasn't, you know, because he's not being used correctly. Maybe he's, you know, sitting in a manner that's turning off the wide receivers coach. Who knows? We don't know those things. Unfortunately, they don't share it with us. And they keep us in the fucking dark and <laughs> I get pissed off. <laughs> All right, let's play the media mashup. Uh, Dan, listen closely because we got some uh, interesting topics here. And Tooch, you listen as well. Well, at the end of the day, I, I, I will tell you this, folks. I mean, this was this is beyond sickening. And you know, the old mantra was snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. I mean, this was a textbook case of melting down. And on my phone, at one point in this game, when it was 28-7, to 7, it said the Bears had a 98% chance of winning the game. But no, no, OB, no. We go and put on a clinic about how to screw up an NFL game from top to bottom. Well, Danny, it was at, which we had mentioned, folks, in the third quarter, it was four minutes and 11 seconds to go. The Bears were winning 28 to 7. Four minutes and 11 seconds to go towards the end of the third quarter. And that's what the score was. And we wind up losing 31 to 28. Now, what are the word or words that you could say? Uh, most of them I couldn't put over these <laughs> airwaves. Please don't. <laughs> okay. I couldn't begin to start. But I'll tell you what, this is the first time I've ever seen. This kid play like he acts, and I'm talking about our quarterback, play like he acts like he knows what he's doing. But again, what killed him in the end? When he had to perform. And that's when all difference maker quarterbacks do, all, all top flight quarterbacks do. That's when they take it and raise the level up about a notch or so, okay? At that particular time, you put the dagger in the team and you finish him out. He had two passes, okay? One was an out pattern. He threw it. If, if the guy was 10 feet tall, he couldn't have caught it, our receiver. Threw it out of the bounds on the sidelines. Then over the middle, I believe it was Komet, he had his guy beat, and where does he throw the ball? About a yard and a half, two yards behind him. Into who? The guy that our offensive end was beating. He hits him right in the chest with the ball for another interception. Folks, I, this has to stop. Somebody in that organization has to stop the bleeding, okay? Now, and, and, and what do you do? You stop it. you got to make changes. And, and, if, and if people think, oh, how could, you, how could you bench this kid? Guess what? Bench him. Make some changes because what you're doing is disaster. Week after week after week. One, one of the big things that they talk about in the NFL is is finish, finish, finish. And uh, the last <clears throat> think about the last three possessions for uh, Denver touchdown, touchdown, field goal uh, for the Bears. It was punt, fumble, don't make it on fourth down, and then an interception. I mean, that's the fourth quarters. Compare them, and it's it's pretty pretty simple, right? We'll get to the Claypool stuff. <clears throat> want your opinion on that. But let's start, we started with the, the fourth quarter stuff. So let's talk about the fact that they went for it instead of taking the field goal. What would you have done? And then if you're going to go for it, come on. The shotgun formation, I know how you feel about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would have, you know, and, I, and I'm not second guessing. I mean, you know, I would have kicked the field goal 
only because, and the thing that, <clears throat> excuse me, gets me is, you know, and I've said this, you know, when you hire offensive guys, they want to go for it every time. They, that's their job to score points. But when you hire defensive guys, his job is to stop them. And I'm, and I was real bit surprised that 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 Coach Flus, being a defensive guy, wouldn't have gone over there and said, "Listen, guys, we're going to kick this field goal, and I need one good stop out of you guys. We got to get one stop. Can we do that? You know, and 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 he's controlling the defense, and and um, that that's what surprised me a little bit. Now, as far as the call. I would never hand it off six yards deep. And that's just a philosophy. That's just in my DNA. And maybe it's old school. I, I don't know. Because let me let me tell you something. Okay. <clears throat> the play was a dive option, right? And they had run that play several times in the game. I mean, our running backs average about five and a half yards a carry. Why were they doing such a good job? Is because Denver was bound and determined. They were not going to let Justin Fields get on the edge. Mm -hmm. So they were bringing that outside linebacker or the end up the field, which told Justin, hand it off. I can't get outside. With that being said, that's the play that we run. Now, with that play, guys, you're trying to bang on the down guys and work up to the linebackers. It's a play that takes a whole group of executing. You follow me? Sure. I've got to step here. I've got to hit here. I've got to go there. It it it, it takes work. It, it's it's a very, I don't want to say complicated play, but but by design you have to execute it. Now, I don't like it to get a half a yard. As compared to quarterback sneak, if you are convinced that your offensive line can block these guys, you line up and on a quarterback sneak, nobody's saying. What's where's the linebacker? Who am I? Call? No, we're just all wedging inside. We're getting shoe to shoe. It's big man on big man, and we are straining our guts to make a half a yard. And Justin Fields is 6'3, 225. I don't understand it. I don't either. And he's tough. He's a tough. Look, I mean, it's it, honestly it, like last week, I wasn't lying, I had a headache. I have a little headache right now, but not as big as I did last week. I don't think that was symbolic that I felt worse about last week than this week. I just think it's the... What would you... Would you rather go through what you went through last week or this week? Justin played better, but it was more of a heartbreaker. I would still... Listen, there was zero progress last week. While I still believe that, that, that you have to find a way to win a game in the fourth quarter to have real progress... We saw progress for at least three quarters in this game. Something that you can cling to or hope that is built upon when you face the commanders on Thursday night. I didn't have any of that on. Dude, they got, they were down 41 to nothing after three quarters and our team threw for 99 yards in the entire game. Like at least I can look at some of the stuff that happened yesterday. I'm for three quarters. I yeah. thought I thought Aaron Rodgers was was behind we were, center for us. We were entertained at least. Absolutely. Now the fourth quarter was really difficult to watch, and and also symbolic of the fact that this team still has a very long way to go. And I mean everybody. Do you know what happened to the Chiefs yesterday? You know what happened to uh, Mahomes? Uh, you guys were, were were texting everything. Mahomes got lulled to sleep by the Bears. Where Mahomes thought against the Bears defense, he could just, it was like he was playing a bunch of third graders for a week, and that he could just start lobbing passes and anything would be completed. 
So then he went into the Jets game thinking that, hey, I could still get away with all this stuff. And then he, he's like, oh, no, I'm playing now a real defense. I can't do this anymore. It was a wake-up call. That's, it was. He, yeah. he, he's like, not every oh, Sunday I you can't don't get do a... this anymore against, I'm not playing a minor league defense anymore. Yeah, they got lull, he got lulled to sleep. Um, here's Matt, uh, uh, Matt Eberflus from today. And the Sharks were circling. Um, and they were asking, uh, this is I haven't all, heard this part. This is all the Claypool stuff. This is really something. Courtney, uh, you'll hear Dan Weederer, Jason Leisure, and it's all the uh, reporters up there uh, trying to find the answers on what happened. Because you don't just tell, as much as Chase Claypool has been an underachieving player, and as much as you didn't love what he said on Friday, uh, you don't make him inactive and tell him to stay home. You may make him inactive for that, but you don't tell him to stay home. That seems odd to me. Yes. Like, something else had to happen for, for, for them to now all of a sudden basically part ways with him. So the, the, the reporters are trying to figure out from Eberflus, who loves to hide these secrets. And, and again, he gets so twisted up trying to do so. Um, this is Eberflus today up at Hallis. To correct the record uh, for Chase Clay, uh, Claypool... Uh, we did tell him, um, and this is this week and this week alone. And we did a better job of that last week. You know, we focused on the details. We focused on Mike, on stopped. us Please playing a better football stopped. game, and we did that. We Mike made a lot stopped. of improvement last week. Now I definitely and I think need it's important that we continue seconds. to build on that momentum of playing better. Nine, eight, okay, seven, into this week, six, and uh, five, that's a singular four, focus we have to have. Three, two, one. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I mean, like, this could have been handled in like 15 seconds. Listen, I don't need the distraction. I'm trying to coach a football team. We haven't won a game in 14 tries. He's not adding to what we're doing right now. He's a distraction at this point, so he's away from the team. If you have any further questions, ask our general manager who's in charge of transactions. At this point, I'm going to talk about the guys that are in our locker room and the guys that will be on the field Thursday night in Washington to try to win a football game. And hopefully they'll be better and I'll be better and we'll all be better at our jobs and we'll win a football game for the first time in 15 effing weeks. Now, do you have any questions about the game on Thursday? Thank you. Any other questions about Chase? I, you know what? I've talked enough about it. It's a distraction that this team doesn't need right now. Like, I, I it's just, it's, I'm, I'm, my, my brain just kind of is floating around in my skull. Justin Fields set a record for most consecutive passes without an incompletion. It was one of the best quarterback games in Bears history. He finished the first half with a perfect passer rating. It was, one of, it was one of the best quarterback games in the history of the franchise, and they lost it. And idiots were still chanting for another quarterback at the end of the game. Who? You're going to see it, Caleb Williams. Oh, well. No. I, would, no. I, would, no. I, thought, I thought they were chanting for Bajan. I would I would ask them to watch the second half of the USC Colorado game before they get too excited I about would ask that too. Them, I would ask them to watch the game on the damn field. He is not the problem. He certainly wasn't yesterday. And he may not eventually be part of the solution, but yesterday was was we, he wasn't the issue. This this coach is just toast. And and they're I, I, the Bears. 
don't do anything. We don't know what Kevin Warren does or doesn't do. But yeah, you... we do. Yes, we do. Kind of. Yes, we do. I don't though. I, I don't know if he has power if he wanted to to say yeah, just it's enough. Get out of here. Go away. You don't think he's not still evaluating? What, what, you know, you get evaluating Matt Eberflus. One of the worst coaches I've ever seen. Yeah, but he. I mean, to be fair, he's got. F- Four games of evaluation on Matt Eberflus. Also, he's been. Dealing I mean, I know, the, I know what I think I'm, of I'm, him. I'm good at it. I'm, but I have yeah. more. I have more games of evaluation on Matt Eberflus than Kevin Warren does. But do we have? Do we have the clauses in his contract for firing? What the Bears' budget is for that? Do we know? Do we know what the situation is regarding Ryan Poles? Additionally, what is the coaching staff issue? And also, he has been. What doing actually things. happened with your defensive coordinator? We still have that question out there. Yeah, we don't, and we don't know, frankly, what the firing was for. Do they think it was for cause? Is he, he owed money? He quit. He didn't. Right. No, no, he, he was not fired. Right, but that's okay. But all these things that we know of. Well, that ended the way it should not have. <laughs> Dan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I had the mic off, so I was listening. That's why I was like, well, that's abrupt. Maybe they had technical problems. I think I did. I had I must have made a mistake in edit because that is the end of it, and I didn't attach the – there was a uh, a really nice bit of sound. I'm going to try to find it because uh, Danny uh, Parkins shared his three next – head coach choices. And it was really a, a nice listen. I'll see if I can load it and we can talk about that. But why don't you comment on what you did here? I don't know if I've ever heard Waddle. So I, again, I don't want to keep using the word negative, but general, mm-hmm. generally he's the guy that's like, look guys, it's not as bad as you think. It's not as good as you think. It's somewhere in the middle. He's always the voice of reason is what I'm saying. Tommy Waddle. Right, uh, but man, he he's had enough of Eberflus. Like saying he's got a headache. I can't listen to him speak. Turn the shit off. I actually really really enjoyed that. Of course, Waddle's always good mm-hmm. at his gig, and I loved him as a wide receiver as everybody else did. But yeah, I when Tom has turned on you, when Tom, when you've lost Tom Waddle, man, you've lost the town. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a longtime Chicago guy, played his ass off when he was a member of the Bears. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like <laughs> sounds like he's faced the music. It, it's funny because your attitude towards the Chicago Bears in the, what, the five, six years that I've known you, I don't think you've ever been as down on them. You're usually a very optimistic person. Yeah, last year I thought I kept saying, why not, why not, you know, and like <sighs> – yeah, this year I, you're I, saying I know why. I know why. <laughs> I, I do think it's a lot to do with him, and but yeah, Waddle is like I said, the guy that's he's the opposite of Dan Bernstein, who's always whining. Like Bernstein reminds me of like his voice and everything reminds me of Tucker Carlson for some reason. I could just see him <laughs> sitting there with a fucking bow tie on. Like he, he's, he's the worst he's, coach. He's the worst coach of ever. It's like he gets these high notes. Yeah. I just hate his voice. He's always negative about everything. I think that's just stick or something. But, like, I, I wasn't surprised that he was saying Eberflus is the worst coach. But uh, to hear Waddle say it, or, or he didn't get quoted as saying that. But that that was jarring to me. Like, wow, like, it really is bad. I knew it was bad, but it's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. All right, I think I got this uh, 
Danny Parkins uh, over at WSCR 670 to score with his partner, Matt Spiegel. Together three names for the next Bears head coach because we all agree it's not going to be Matt Eberflus. And I'm going to give them to you in reverse order as of where I have them right now. Three, two, and one. All right, you ready? Yeah. Number one, or number three, Bobby Slowick. He is currently the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. And his, his dad was the defensive coordinator here at one point. There you go. He played wide receiver. He worked for Kyle Shanahan in Washington, and he brought him to San Francisco. Started as a defensive assistant, eventually rose up to passing game specialist. He's a passing game specialist? And, and then D'Amico Ryans brought him from San Francisco to run the offense in Houston. Which is going very, very well. And all he's done in four games is have C.J. Stroud set the record for most passes to start a career by a rookie without an interception, wow. 151, and he has the second most passing yards of any rookie ever through their first four games behind only Cam Newton. All right, I like it. So Bobby Slowick Jr., and he's a legacy. Bob Slowick Sr., was the Bears defensive coordinator from 93 through 98. Right. We'll ask Wani about Bobby Slowick Jr. He probably changed his diapers. Okay, so that's that's number three. What he's doing with C.J. Stroud is not, incredible, and he comes from the Kyle Shanahan yeah. system. I don't right? think Wani changed his diapers lately. I just want to clarify. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, number two. Yeah. Very popular name. Okay. The offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. 37 years old. I was so bummed when he took steroids. I thought he broke that record in the Olympics. It was awesome. 37 years old. Mm -hmm. Only been with two organizations in the NFL, the Dolphins and the Lions. He's coached receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, passing game coordinator before eventually becoming the OC. No impressive, like Gosh. overly impressive head coach mentors. It's uh -huh. been Anthony Lynn. He worked under Adam Gase, Dan Campbell. He's done it all on his own. He's described as like an absolute genius communicator. Um, our guy Connor Orr wrote that up on his like list of next uh, head coaches. I, I actually screenshotted the blurb from it if you needed me to uh, sell it for me. And screw you, Olin Krutz. He just texted, wait, no more Staley? Yeah, I was wrong on Brandon Staley. <laughs> That's right, Olin. Hey, we still have time. We've got like eight more seconds to dump you saying screw you, Olin Krutz, if you want. <laughs> nah. I love you, Olin. You know that. I love you very much. What he's done with Jared Goff is incredible in, in Detroit. This is what Connor Orr wrote about Ben Johnson. It starts with a quote. Anything nice anyone tells you about Ben is probably true, end quote, says one of Johnson's former coworkers. This sums up the kind of uniform praise Johnson has received from industry types and fellow coaches alike. What separates him from the pack? Quote, he doesn't think he knows anything, end quote, the coach says. Another rival coach praised Johnson's ingenuity with Jared Goff and his openness to new ideas. Johnson's communication skills are noteworthy, as are his smarts. One of his former math teachers tells us Johnson, in an advanced geometry class, would challenge his high school teachers for alternate ways to solve complex proofs. The teacher says it was one of the first times he had to confront the moment when a student was smarter. Dude, that's a, that's a high school geometry story for, for a head coach that you love on the offensive side. Who is, this does not bode well. He's crushing it in Detroit. I know. He's okay. turned Jared Goff into a legitimate, you know, unbelievable player i want i want i want these guys to have coached more than one system in their life because that's what brought down naggies that he only knew one thing and he just kept doing it he didn't want to adjust hungarian stubbornness are any of these people hungarian or stubborn to your no, knowledge no but all right so how about my last guy for you okay who currently is number one on my list and shana like how do you have bobby slowick jr this low 
Shane Sorry, Waldron. Just, Shane Waldron. He is the offensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks. He is 44 years old. Previous employment with the Patriots, where he won two Super Bowl rings with Bill Belichick, Washington, and the Rams. He's turned Geno Smith into a legitimate player, one of the top offenses in football. He was the passing game coordinator under Sean McVay for three years, which is the number one tree in the NFL right now. He has been on coaching staffs with Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, and Bill Belichick. The Sean McVay tree is the new Andy Reid tree. It yeah. really is. Okay. Uh-huh. That's that's my number one guy right Shane now. Waldron. The Andy Reid tree. Yeah. So Shane, Sh- Shane Waldron, uh-huh. Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick. There you go, Dan. Something to look forward to. Um, Don't like any of this. The guy from Detroit, uh, I mean, Jared Goff led a team to a Super Bowl. And had a 500-yard game before he ever set foot in Ford Field. So it's not mm-hmm. like they took a scrub. Now, he's played excellently and probably better than what people thought at the time of the trade, but it's not like he was an absolute bum at the time of the trade. I mean, come on, no? Uh, but it, yeah, did, I, it did look like, though, like his career was trending down. I mean, when he was traded to the Lions. Everybody thought this is just a stopgap until they get their number one draft pick and they draft a quarterback, and they didn't have to because they liked the way this guy kid plays. I I just don't want another guru, a guy that was good at geometry. I'm sure Mark Tressman was great <laughs> at geometry. <laughs> Matt Nagy was probably okay at geometry, but I think Tressman was great at it. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't want another guru. I don't want another 44-year-old. I'm, fo- I'm going to be 43. I don't want a guy that's my contemporary, you know, like everybody else. I mean, I'm like, why not Jim Harbaugh? Why not Jim Harbaugh? His buyouts of $1.5 million this year, and we're still paying Trevathan. And Trevathan's mm-hmm. buy is more than Harbaugh's buyout. And, and Harbaugh, you know, you saw he took Colin Kaepernick to a Super Bowl. Maybe he could help Justin Fields. And he would bring... The attitude that the Bears have been missing almost, I mean, Lovey had a little bit of a swagger. It's quiet, but he comes out, you know, we're going to beat Green Bay. We're going to win, you know, his three, his list of three things in his introductory press conference. So that's cool. But for the most part, we haven't had that, whatever that t- intangible thing that Harbaugh has since Mike Ditka. And Ditka was his hero. Hmm. So I, that, I would love Jim Harbaugh. You think Eberflus is gone on Friday if the Bears lose? I saw somebody say that shit on Twitter. It was supposed to be NFL Insider, NFL Notifications, or whatever. Yeah, I don't believe those. We've guys. never fired a coach in season. I realize we've got a new team president now, but it's never happened. I mean, I'll have to believe it before I see it. I do think, remember that report that came out for Nagy two years ago? They were going to fire him in the middle around Thanksgiving, and then it got broken. And then they, I felt like they really were going to do it. And then when the news came out, they're like, no, we're not going to do it now. I got that same feeling back then. Yes. Yeah. yeah so I don't know, man. I it, does he deserve it? You fucking. If he was a coordinator, which he is right now, he's calling the defense. If if this were Alan Williams still before he decided to show his dick to whoever he showed his dick to, I would allegedly I would say that Alan Williams would be fired. Mm-hmm. If he if he wasn't the head coach, he'd be out the door. Is what I'm saying because his defense is so poor. I mean, just. All these games at 30 points a game. I mean, like, come on, man. Mel Tucker could do better than that. Well, and he was recently fired for uh, 
some inappropriate go. shit too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> What's going on in this world of ours? I thought I was the only one that was doing inappropriate I things. I thought Brett Favre was the one that liked to show his dick to people. <laughs> That's true. It started back then. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm I'm worried about this game on Thursday because of the defensive line. And um, Justin Fields was asked about that defensive line today. Let me uh, cue that up. They have a pretty good front four. Um, not their deep tackles, of course. We know they got Montez and you know Chase on the, the ends. But, um, I mean, yeah, guys are just going to have to be great on double teams, um, sustain blocks for a long time, and um, really just protect. So um, we know everything kind of starts with the whole line. So, uh, you know, they know that you know they're going up against a talented group, but, you know, they're excited because – it's an opportunity for them to, uh, you know, go out there and, you know, ball out. So I'm excited to, for those guys as well. And, uh, you know, of course, Washington as a whole, um, you know, they're a talented defense. So, you know, we're excited as an offense to be able, be, be able to go out there and, you know, showcase what we can do. Do you know what the temperature is going to be at, at uh, FedEx Stadium or Field? I don't, but I'm trying to think. Friday here is the first day it's going to be a dramatic and we're not that far from dc so we're kind of around the same i know here we're like 80 88 and then like friday it's it drops down to 50 or 55 so i'm gonna guess that thursday night's gonna be chilly like maybe like have long sleeves on kind of weather but i don't know i haven't looked well let's see what annabelle angus has to say about it there's annabelle And uh, she, oh, it's going to be a high of 79 on Thursday with a low of 61. So I would imagine it's going to be in the mid-70s by kickoff and upper 60s by the end of the game. Are you at all paying attention to the weather forecast, or are you looking at Annabelle? Um, Wow. Is she your your favorite now? It seems like No, no, no. I like the the one last week I thought was just amazing. All right. Well, she's going to twirl around one more time, Annabelle. (laughs) See if she can change your mind. (laughs) All right. Enough of that. Tevin, Tevin, he practiced today, right? Tevin Jenkins practiced, if I saw that correct. It was a light walkthrough kind of practice. But he Uh, may be active Thursday. And that would be a huge help. The problem is, is that they won't bench Cody White here because of his veteran status. I'm afraid to see him at center. I think Lucas Patrick has has played better than I forecast White here would play at center, returning back to that position. He's or maybe Nate Davis. Maybe Nate Davis goes to the bench then, and they put Jenkins at right guard. I would maybe they could put the guy, the the mullet guy from the Jets, and Jenkins in. Dan Feeney. Yeah, and but like you said, Patrick hasn't been terrible, terrible. And by mm-hmm. the way, that penalty they called on him late in the game was absolute bullshit. Yeah. The I Broncos agree. jumped in. He didn't move at all. I don't mm-hmm. remember what the sequence was, but I was like, how is this on the Bears? And I just heard him say it was on Lucas Patrick. I was why I was watching intently, like the Broncos jumped and he did not. Yeah, you know, uh, did you see the replay intensely? Because it did look like there was a a little bit of movement. When they showed it in the stadium, they showed it on the board uh, right afterwards, and I didn't see it. And I was looking at it, you know, like, who the fuck moved? I didn't see it. And they showed the whole thing. And, of course, everybody booed because I didn't see it. I mean, I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to be a homer. I didn't fucking see him move at all. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm beginning to think that there's three or four teams in the National Football League that you know the officials are going to. The Kansas City Patriots. <laughs> That's right. Both of those teams. Kansas so City the Kansas, they are the new Patriots. They're, yeah. They get every call. Everything goes their way. Since and the Brady Packers are always going to get their calls. That uniform just mesmerizes. I apologize for interrupting. No, it's okay. It mesmerizes officials. So you got. So does Taylor Swift, apparently. <laughs> I like all this Taylor Swift. Attention. Oh, my God. No. Uh, you know, I, the cover I, of Madden next year. Somebody said that this is this is some marketing scheme, and I'm starting to believe that it is because there's a movie, a Taylor Swift movie coming out. And it's so I her movie, yeah. Right. So I bet the women are going to say, Hey, take me to see this movie. You know, she's the guy that's going out with Travis Kelsey. And so it probably could add another few million dollars to the box office 10, 20, 30 million dollars. Football fans that never go would never go see a Taylor Swift movie, much less a concert movie. Maybe I don't want to. I'm not seeing that, and I I hate the Toy Story shit too. Hate really, it. I thought that was cool. I mean, it's cool if you got a four year old kid, and like you know, you're trying to teach them the game, trying to make them like it. Yeah, it, the technology is cool, but I don't want to fucking see it. I don't. Well, it's not that. for you. I know, and neither's Taylor Swift, but she's fucking got shoved down my throat every goddamn. <laughs> but yeah, the, I. I we were in the hotel room and they didn't have much of a choice of channels, so we just left it on ESPN, and they went back from Taylor Swift to the Toy Story thing just over and over and over. That's all Scott Van Pelt talked about. I wonder if the Taylor Swift movie is being released by uh, Disney because they own ESPN. So I wonder if Greg would... Olson somehow getting paid for it because the way he hoard his ass out in that <laughs> that game the week before for Taylor. Oh, all right. it's my favorite record ever. No, it's not, Greg. Quit lying. <laughs> I love uh, Greg Olson. Even that indiscretion, paying too much, so much attention to Taylor Swift, is not going to sour me on Greg. He's like a little girl that seeing the Beatles land in America in 1964. <laughs> Greg Olson's like, I want to hold your hand. He's like a fawning little fucking girl. Really? I didn't get that impression. Oh, I did. It's just, it's disgusting. <laughs> I'm still pissed off about it a week later. Oh, are you going to be upset if he, uh, if he gets to call another Super Bowl game? No, I mean, he's still overall, he's definitely more affable and more something than, than Troy Aikman, who's always uptight and in a bad mood. And I don't like him or Joe Buck. But, you know, I mean, I think Brady's coming for his job anyway, unless they make it a three-team booth. Mm -hmm. Brady's yeah. going to be getting, like, what, like $100 million? So he's not going to be doing, like, game four. Yeah. Brady's going to be on the, the game, on the big game. They're paying him too much money otherwise. By the way, I didn't get to focus on the game today. I told you because it was too disheartening. But I will say the three-man booth at CBS was rocking – I didn't like Matt Ryan as a player, but he was pretty good considering he's new. And, yeah, he uh, and Tiki Barber was was good too. I, I, mm -hmm. I hated Rondé Barber when he was on the mic, but Tiki and uh, uh, Matt Ryan and whoever the play-by-play -play guy was, I thought they did really well yesterday. 
I was only half listening, so I can't uh, speak. Like whenever something didn't happen that didn't work, like one of them would tell you the formation and they could tell you what, what was supposed to have happened and what was the cause because mm-hmm. Tiki and, and uh, Matt Ryan both played. So uh, I thought they were a little, you know how Romo can do that and tell you like where something's coming. Yep. I felt like they were doing that too in, in some ways. And I thought they were really good. It's amazing how, you know, football players can predict you know, it happens to the Bears on every play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I don't know a lot of people in the chat room are saying, isn't it time for Johnny Santucci to come on and share his Bears state of affairs? And I say that it is. What do you say, Dan Aguirre? I hope he doesn't grow his mustache like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, let's bring him in now. Uh, there he is. Wait a minute. There he is, Johnny Santucci. You're looking good, man. What's going on? I unmuted myself early. <laughs> oh, there you go. There the you delay, go. you know. For... Yeah. It's been, you're, you're catching up. Uh, <laughs> Three years later. I forgot catch- to uh, uh, tell you that, like, uh, the, Matt, this is what a Matt Eberflus press conference is starting to sound like for me, Aldo. <laughs> You know who that looks like? It looks like Kevin McCarthy. The hot. <laughs> He's ousted. <laughs> Man, just before we came on, I watched him for about 45 minutes talking to the media about him being ousted and. Uh, He's like, I sold my asshole to the right, the extreme right, and they still turned on me. Yeah, that was was messed up. I actually kind of feel bad for him, even though he kept taking shots at Biden and the Democrats. But uh, I'm sure Tooch was happy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got a good, uh, uh, I cover every base in Bear's state of affairs tonight, fellas. Every one of them? Oh, yeah, I think so. Scorch earth again. Do you want to lead into it in any way, or should I just roll it? Roll it out. All right. Well, here it comes. State of Affairs 2023 NFL season week five. What's happening, Barflies? Well, the Bears played their fourth game of the season at home Sunday versus the Denver Broncos. Both teams were 0 3 coming into this game. The Broncos were coming into this game off a 50 point loss to the Miami Dolphins. The Bears were looking to avoid adding to their 13 game losing streak. Yes, 13 games. One team was destined to be 0-4, and while the Bears played brilliantly in the first half, they ended up losing the game 31-28, getting outscored 17-0 in the fourth quarter. What's frustrating is that for roughly two and a half quarters, Justin Fields and the Bears played brilliantly. In fact, Fields threw for 335 yards and had four touchdowns, good enough for a 132.7 quarterback rating. He had Bears fans high-fiving and dancing in the aisles. 
until a costly fumble with Denver linebacker Jonathan Cooper returned 35 yards for a game-tying touchdown. As longtime Bears fans are used to saying, the Bears once again snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. And again, the Bears lost their 14th game in a row in which they surrendered more than 25 points to the opposing team, an NFL record. Inexplicably, with the game tied 28-28 and the Bears on the Denver 18-yard line, rather than kicking the go-ahead field goal, the Bears and beleaguered head coach Matt Eberflus decided to go for it on fourth and one. Again, inexplicably, inexplicably rather than kick the go-ahead field goal, the Bears ran Khalil Herbert from the shotgun and were stuffed for no gain, turning the ball over on downs. As barroom personality Mike North said, the decision to forego the field goal decision was coaching malpractice. Uncle Mike, Aldo, and myself, decades-long suffering Bears fans, learned one thing on Sunday. Matt Eberflus is not to be trusted. In fact, never, never loaned a dollar to Coach Eberflus because he'll give you back 75 cents and say he doesn't know what happened to the fourth quarter. And that's where every Bears fan was left after Sunday's loss feeling shortchanged. All those jerseys we bought with our hard-earned money and all those memorabilia knickknacks and wall hangings now serve as a means for the rest of the league's fans to ridicule us. The Bears are a terrible team with terrible players playing in a terrible stadium, coached by terrible coaches, managed by terrible managers who work for terrible owners. Like last week, Bears fans were mostly left with more questions after another record-setting loss. Questions like, do Bears fans have to root for the Bears to lose now? Do the Bears trade Justin Fields and reset the quarterback clock? Who should we draft? Is Bears ownership just torturing millions of Bears fans worldwide with this incompetence when they could just sell the team? Should the coach be fired midseason? Should the GM be fired? Is Luke Getze still working for the Packers and just sabotaging us while collecting two paychecks? I'm sure there are many more questions that Bears fans have. Our heads are spinning. We're in shock at finding ourselves at the bottom of the NFL, again, light years away from contending for anything. Contending. Heck, we haven't won a game since October 24th of last year. Today is October 3rd. We are no longer panicking. We are no longer patient. We are resigned to the fate of another lost season a fate that has happened every year but one since the Bears jettisoned Lovey Smith after a 10-6 and six season. I'm starting to begin, that's, I'm starting to believe that's a curse now. After such high expectations for the team's young and ascending quarterback, how did the season go so wrong? Really, if I had to give an answer, it's perennial systemic failure at all four levels, players, coaches, management, and ownership. The coaches that were hired after Lovey Smith all failed, from Mark Tressman to Matt Eberflus. The last two head coaches the Bears hired completely failed at what they were supposed to be good at. Offensive guru Matt Nagy's offense was perennially at the bottom of the league, while defensive guru Matt Eberflus's defense has been franchise low bad. How bad? Eberflus's defensive coordinator resigned from his position amid a nebulous scandal rather than be associated with this historic mess. It's so bears. Perennial bad drafting has left the team devoid of top-end talent. Bad personnel decisions and acquisitions are now coming home to roost, 
from former Bears like David Montgomery, Khalil Mack, Travis Gibson, and Roquan Smith, all having success with their new teams, to the latest Chase Claypool bugaboo. Again, the Bears found themselves in public relations mishap with mixed messaging when it was discovered that Chase Claypool would be, quote, away from the team for the foreseeable future. The Bears literally pivoting from Coach Eberflus saying he was, quote, looking forward to seeing Chase at Hallis Hall on Monday to essentially saying, quote, Chase who? Over the course of two days is peak Bears. And GM Ryan Poles is not free from blame here, of course. The normally reserved GM appeared immature for his age in recent comments regarding Claypool. So much so that we seem to have forgotten he's only 36 years old. Poles' decision to trade the 32nd pick in the draft for what it turns out to be 191 yards, one touchdown, and zero wins in 10 games feels destined to go down as an all-time blunder. Right up there with the Bears' decision to trade the fourth pick in the 1997 draft for quarterback Rick Meyer. Ironically, with the pick they traded to acquire Claypool, the Bears could have drafted Broncos wide receiver Marvin Mims, whose 48-yard catch on Sunday put the Broncos in field goal range to beat the Bears. As for the Chase Claypool situation, let's sum it up succinctly. It seems highly unlikely that Claypool will be back in a Bears uniform, ever. Oh, and I forgot. I left out one all-important question. Has anyone asked Taylor Swift for her reaction to all this? <laughs> that is Bears State of Affairs. <laughs> Nicely done, Johnny Santucci. Scorched her. Nicely done. <laughs> I love Zach's comment you know, about saying thanks for all the negativity. <laughs> all facts, though, right? I mean, all- I mean I, from 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 where we were in the off season, thinking you know fourteen and three, some of us, but, uh, <laughs> but to where we are now. <laughs> Historic 14 game losing streak. I was right there. I thought we could be nine and seven, nine and uh, eight. Or, uh, n- n- I thought there was 11 wins out there, but I'm, feel- I'm feeling like uh, we're worse than, worse than the Giants, man, who probably thought they were going to have a pretty good season, too. But last night looked uh, looked uh, just as bad as the Bears. Yeah. But uh, where, where we're at now, it's like, you know, it, it couldn't go more wrong. It's so, it's so Bears. I mean, the whole Chase Claypool thing is peak Bears, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like Matt Eberflus. Well, I can't wait to see him on Monday, and then they're like, he's going to be away from the team until you know, probably forever. You know, yeah. it's just a complete one eighty. I mean, the pu- another public relations. I, the Bears might have the worst public relations department in the history of public relations departments. You know, I I have to agree with you. I mean, <laughs> a lot of this could be avoided so easily if you had a good PR department. Yeah, like a communications department. I don't there's, get the whole, there's the whole Alan Williams thing with the nebulous, you know, scandal, and then he's he's gone, and now Eberflus has to has to uh, run the defense. And uh, like I said, the the last two coaches we hired were supposed to be one was supposed to be an offensive genius. His offense was perennially at the bottom of the, of the league, mm-hmm. you know, like for anywhere from twenty eight to thirty two. 
And then Eberflus, who's supposed to be a defensive mastermind, his defense is the worst in the NFL. And he's 3-18. and 18. He's the worst head coach record of, in Bears history. But I, I tell you, I don't, I don't think uh, – he's not going to survive after this year. It's impossible. Well, do you think if they get embarrassed Thursday night, do you think he uh, is fired on Friday? I don't know. Like 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 Danny said, uh, the Bears have never uh, fired a coach uh, midseason, and and then you know you have the Colts blueprint where they they brought Jeff Saturday out of the out of the TV booth to coach the team. You know that mm-hmm. didn't, that didn't go so well either. But uh, uh, you can't uh, as it stands right now. We have like. The, the Bears and the Panthers are the two worst teams, and they have the top two picks mm-hmm. for the season to end today. I mean, it, it might not end up that way at the end of the season. But with the top two picks and Justin Fields, you know, his his contract is up, what, after next year? Uh, it, the fifth-year option would be 2025. So, yeah, his yeah. fourth year is 2024, and so a decision has to be made this off season and whether you're going to pick up that fifth year option, which is approximately 20, $21 million for right. him. So yeah, quarterback decisions have to be made. And, and I think uh, uh, if you're firing Eberflus and his whole gang of, of coaches, uh, you can't bring back Justin Fields. That'd be his third coaching staff, you know, in the short time that he's been here. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're, you're talking about, this is, this is where we're at. We're, t- we're talking about, Resetting at quarterback, resetting at coaching, and possibly resetting at the GM after the Chase Claypool uh, yeah. debacle. You you can't you you can't get the season couldn't go any worse than it's gone. Although I don't know I don't know what's next. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I I'd like Dan's opinion. At what point, Dan, do you think that you pulled the plug on Justin Fields? I mean, what do you need? Uh, let me rephrase it. What do you need to see out of Justin Fields the remainder of this season in order for you to say, all right, we're bringing him back for the fourth year, and we might even exercise that fifth-year option? I think those are two incredibly different questions. The fourth year, you may make him play that lame duck year and not give him the fifth-year extension. I think if you're going to add that fifth year on, you're going to have to see a lot more games like Sunday – sands the interception at the end with you know like progress 300 yard games and and some wins but i would say again i don't know if if it's if it's plausible that the bears would actually bring back jim harbaugh but let's just say as an example if they had someone like harbaugh who was like look i had colin kaepernick and took him to a super bowl i can work with justin fields i think if the next coach is like yeah yeah i can work with him then that would probably go a long way for him yeah. versus a new coach who's going to be like, um, what was the fucker that we passed on that won the Super Bowl of Tampa? Um, Arians. Yes. Yeah, Arians allegedly said, I don't want Jay Cutler, which is part of the reason he didn't get hired from what published reports. So whoever they're going to bring in, if they're like, look, I don't want Fields, he's garbage then you have to move on because you have to give the guy what he wants. And I, I think Eberflus has to go. Uh, he's lost complete control of the team. Now, maybe somehow they win Thursday and, and can get some momentum, and he tells us all to suck his dick. Right. I hope that happens, honestly. I hope that somehow he turns the corner, but I just don't see it happening. 
You know, it was actually Greg Ballard who was interviewing for the GM job who said, even though Jay Cutler has two years left in his contract, the first thing that I would do is move on from him. It was Bruce Arians actually said that he could turn Jay Cutler oh, okay. into I, it was Chris Ballard then. My mistake. My mistake. Yeah, uh, Chris Ballard didn't he say something like we'd have to we have to tear everything down, exactly, know, and uh, uh, start from scratch. It would you know like years, right. of, a couple he, of years. He, of, yeah, he wanted the Ryan Poles plan, uh, yeah. and Poles is now let's let's get into that subject because we're yeah. talking about potentially bringing in a new coach, potentially bringing in an offense, uh, a new quarterback. So you know what about this is from Mark Potash. He put this up the other day. And so here are what he thinks are Ryan Poe's hits and misses. His hits acquiring next year's Panthers number one draft pick, changing the turf at Soldier Field to Bermuda grass, acquiring DJ Moore, drafting Darnell Wright with their first draft pick, drafting Jaquan Brisker with one of his second round draft picks. Finding Braxton Jones, a serviceable offensive lineman in the fifth round. The Robert Quinn trade, trading away somebody who had reached his peak and was no longer a, a viable NFL pass rusher. Draft or signing Tyson Bant, uh, who has shown some promise in preseason games and may at the very least be a serviceable backup quarterback. Uh Signing Jack Sanborn and, and signing Mercedes Lewis. Those were our Mark Potashes. And I think each of us can probably add to that list. I'll start with you, Dan. What would what would you add on the Ryan Poles hits list? I was fixating on the other side of it. So uh, <laughs> Okay, I'll ask Tooch then. <laughs> yeah, go to Tooch because I wanna I I don't agree with his misses. I, I got a lot to say about that. Okay, awesome. Tooch, do you see hits there that you disagree with, or do you see hits there that you'd like to add to Mark Potash's list? And I'll ask the same thing for people in the chat. I, I love Mercedes Lewis with Potsy's really scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I like the Yannick and Gakwe sign him. I, might, I, add that. I think he can rush the passer, but, I mean, man. We, we didn't need to sign Ngakwe because we had, you know, uh, uh, Travis Gibson on the roster. Was, you know, it's been <laughs> yes. pretty good, you know. And uh, I mean, if you had to get rid of, of uh, uh, Roquan Smith because he wasn't going to sign here anyways, I guess you could include that as a hit. But mm -hmm. uh, it sure doesn't look like a hit it's on the surface. Yeah. And then uh, Khalil Mack with six sacks in a game yesterday. You know what I mean? He'll injured. finish the year with seven, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wait for Danny to say that. But, uh, <laughs> I know. I know. But, I mean, he was injured for most of the time he was here with us. So, I mean, we, we got what we could. What did we get for him? A second-round pick for, uh, yes, for second Khalil round. Mack? Yeah. Uh, a second – and actually, I looked this up today. The players that we ended up getting for Khalil Mack <laughs> are – bless you. Bless you, sweetheart. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, who I think everyone is can safely say if he stays healthy, he will be one of the better safeties in the league. Uh, punter Trenton Gill, and I'm now forgetting who the third player is. It's a uh, back, a good backup player, but uh, you know, I, I think the return for Khalil Mack was pretty even. Yeah, Mac got six sacks on Sunday, but prior to that, he hadn't had a sack in nine, eight or nine games. 
So like Greg Gabriel says, he gets off to good starts every season, and then by the end of the season, he's either unproductive or 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 injured. And Aldo Gandia always says that <laughs> he makes all of his statistics against backup or he reserve does. linemen. That guy with Oakland yesterday or Las Vegas probably was in his first NFL start. Yep. Yep. I yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that. Anyway, he's a guy that just beats up the if he's one on one with the pro bowler, he always gets shut down. Yep. Absolutely. Happened every time against uh well, every time but one against Bakhtiari. That first game that Khalil Mack had with the Chicago Bears will go down in history as one of the best debuts by any person wearing a Chicago Bears uniform. That we can never take away from him. And in Absolutely. fact, that whole that whole season, you know, he started to peter out by the end, but he had a great season. He doesn't deserve to be in the top 100, as and Dan definitely pointed out. 60, God. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. All right, uh, Dan Aguirre, if you studied this list, you want to go off on the misses? Yeah, the misses. <laughs> Not my the, wife. <laughs> God damn it, don't know. Um, I think the hit system has to be number one. I know Claypool was a second-round pick, but hits, the acronym, which is a caricature now, is definitely your coach. What does it stand that, for? Anyways, like, I never knew what it stands for. Hustle, intensity, uh, tits. <laughs> no, I, don't know. I, I forgot what T is for. <laughs> Either way, that's number one. Uh, okay. I'm going to say Matt Eberflus is number two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claypool's probably third just because of the second-round pick. And then you got to put Valus Jones at fourth. Uh, Maybe Alex Ether Leatherwood, but... Buying in on Justin Fields, I take umbrage with that. I mean, Justin Fields earned his keep last year with those amazing plays and those runs. He deserved the chance that he got this year. Now, he's not playing up to that. I understand that. But to Justin's credit, you heard him talking earlier. He's still a man, and he's still got 13 games, in theory, to turn this around. And Foreman, how do you put Foreman on that? It's not his fault they keep him inactive. I mean, he ran hard in the first week. And I thought at the time, P.J. Walker was a good signing, too. It's just somehow Bajan outplayed him. But, I mean, at the time, like, I know hindsight, as they say, is 100, you know, is 2020 at the vision. But I thought that was a good signing at the time. I'm not going to run from that now. Yep. Uh, the offensive line has sucked for a fucking decade or two decades. So that could be up there, too. But. I take umbrage with Fields being on there and Foreman, for that matter, because it, we haven't seen what Foreman can do. Uh, and uh, the order I would change around to, but definitely the hits is just a joke. There's no accountability with this coach. Nothing about the, the only thing they held someone accountable is because Chase Claypool criticized them. Right. It wasn't because he was missing blocks. If he was missing blocks, he was still in there the next week. So I'm going to put hits number one, Eberflus two, but that's almost like one A and one B. Hell, Eberflus may be number one only because hits is just hits. I'll leave hits at one just because it's such a joke. But Fields should not be on there, and neither should Foreman. All right, so here's what I two Getsy two. I'm sorry, I skipped Getsy. Go ahead, Aldo. Sorry, oh, do I, I, I get a chance to? Absolutely. Let me okay. go first uh, on the misses here. Um, <laughs> we're going to do a gangbang on the misses. Um, Matt Eberflus 
to me, has to go as number one. Ryan Poles is hired as a general manager. Okay, who are you bringing with us as coach? Oh, yeah, you submitted a video to me, and it had three or four uh, of uh, Polian's uh, choices. I like Matt Eberflus. And so that's a mistake. And then he sits down with Matt Eberflus and says, well, you know, who are you going to bring in as your offensive and defensive coordinator? He's going to – and the response is basically, I'm going to bring in guys who are as inexperienced as I am. <laughs> so if one of them happens to get sick or dies and stuff, I've got no one, you know, with any experience. If I happen to get sick or whatever, I've got no one from that my coordinator ranks that I would recommend to step in as head coach to be my successor. How That's can you do that? That's such a good point too, Aldo. I think I'm stealing your thunder and I apologize, but how's Alan okay. Williams? How is Alan Williams not on this list? Absolutely. Somebody, uh, I think it was Cliff or who, I apologize. If it, I was Laz. it was Laz. It was Laz. Laz. Thank you, Laz. Yeah. Uh, How is he not on the list? That's That should be up there one, two, or three. He Brett right. carved his way out of here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you hire somebody, make sure you, you get access to their computer at home so you can see their uh, search history. <laughs> I think Alan Williams has probably typed BBC hundreds of times to Bears employees. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. But okay, so Poles makes the terrible decision of hiring an inexperienced head coach, and then also the yeah. two coordinators come in. You got Luke Getze, who's never worked with a quarterback with similar skills to Justin Fields. He worked with Aaron Rodgers. What did he do for Aaron Rodgers other than, you know, tell him where he could pick up some ayahuasca down the street or something? <laughs> There's just nothing for you to do with Aaron Rodgers. You've proven nothing. Now, I do like the way Luke communicates, but it's clear that that skill of communicating thoughts and, and, and sounding like somebody who knows what he's doing doesn't mean shit because he hasn't done shit. So that was a huge mistake. Alan Williams, a huge, huge mistake. Uh, Richard Hightower, you know, he, he looks like a good uh, special teams coordinator, but everyone, when I mentioned the idea, okay, let's fire Matt Eberflus today and bring in Hightower as a head coach, everybody poops, poops, poops that idea. When there's been successful special teams coaches who have become head coaches. Mike so, Ditka. Yes. So what's wrong with Hightower? Then if he's not if he's not a potential successor, then Ryan Poles, you did a disservice to this team. You hired a head coach with no experience and two coordinators that you three coordinators that you wouldn't put in as head coach. That to me is his biggest miss. Go ahead, Tooch. Yeah, Iberflus is number one for me. In fact, while we were you know, I, I, I was thinking in past episodes that, uh, you know, George McCaskey was sitting in on these meetings, nodding approvingly at Matt Eber, everything Matt Eberflus says, and then, you know, hitting up Ryan uh, Poles over at the coffee machine. You know, I really like that Matt Eberflus, but now I think it was just Matt Eber, or uh, Ryan Poles was preparing for this interview, you know, and uh, he's like, this is the biggest interview in my life. And uh, uh, Bill Polian sends him a list of like, coaching candidates and Matt Eberflus is one of them at the top and he only remembered the first guy he's like oh yeah I like Eberflus you know so that was the guy that ended up he couldn't remember, he couldn't remember the other guy's names that's know? hilarious 
Jeez, oh, but, geez. Uh, yeah, Eberflus, like I said, I said before, these these coaches are so far in over their head. They're just they're terrible at coordinating defenses. They're terrible at coordinating offenses. <laughs> you know, they can't uh, they can't uh, do what their job requires them to do. They're 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 the bottom of the league in as far as coaches go. They're out coached. It's it's a given that they're out coached every week. You know, last right. last Sunday they were out coached. You know. If you mm-hmm. told me, because so you just posted a quote, I don't, I, I didn't know about it. That Peter King said the polls could get the axe if this continues. Yes, if you told me, it. well, if you told me now that you looked into the future somehow and that after year two he was fired, that's happened before with Phil Emery. Yes. So it's not, it's not unprecedented. And then if you do that, then maybe Warren gets to go in the order of what we should have had. With the president selecting the coach or, or the general manager, and then together they get a coach and then the quarterback, you know. So maybe that's good if if he's held accountable. I still think he'll get another shot at this, though. But I don't see any way that Eberflus survives unless for some reason they go on some kind of winning streak to get in wild card contention. Agreed. You know, it's for polls, he has to find the cause of these young players that he's acquired, like those two defensive tackles, Pickens and Dexter, why hasn't this coaching staff by game four developed them enough so that they could have at least a presence on the field? Aside from that half sack that Pickens has picked up, you don't hear the announcers saying Dexter. You don't hear the announcers saying Pickens. And I know, you know, this is a very superficial evaluation that you got to study the film and all that. But I'm just saying from a fan standpoint, Poles has to say Eberflus did a poor job of developing my players. Brisker should be further along. I know uh, Kyler Gordon has had injuries, but he should be further along. Jack Sanborn should be further along. And those are the three guys that he's done the best in terms of developing. And as for the 2023 draft picks, well, he could even blame Valus Jones. You know, uh, I'm sure that Eberflus and Getze said, we need a gadget guy. We need a guy we could throw a bubble screen to, and he can go 50 uh, 50 yards downfield. And if he can return kicks, that would be great. So they told uh, Poles that. They drafted him, and, and the guy's been a bust. I think we can officially say Valus Jones is a bust, right? <laughs> That's not going to change. Yeah, absolutely. We've come to the throwing everyone under the bus part of the program. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where is that? Where is that on your where is that on your cycle? You don't have that on your cycle. Yep. Call for the coach to be, uh, beat up on a bad team. I, I don't think they're gonna be uh, the commanders are gonna whip our ass on, on yeah. Thursday. If they can't prepare in seven days, how are they gonna prepare in four days? You know? Yeah, for those listening on audio podcast, two just prepared a graphic that says the Chicago Bears cycles. They begin by losing in embarrassing fashion. Everybody calls for the coach to be fired, and then that coach and the team beats up on a bad team, and then the coach keeps his job for at least another week. Well, we're missing that bottom part, beating up on a bad team. Yeah, uh, 14 times in a row. We skipped that part. Oh times. Lord, <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, I'll tell you, I was, I was, uh, after, after the Commanders gave the Eagles a tough time, 
uh, I, I went after uh, Sunday when the line uh, commanders versus bears lines came out. It was commanders minus four. I went to put my bet in, you know, and I couldn't, it was minus five by the time I hit send. Oh no. Now, I hate that. I looked That's... this morning is minus seven. I have, I have an okay number, but I don't think the commanders in this one. Man. That is hilarious. Yeah, uh, so it, where, where are we with Ryan Poles? Are, are you giving him another year? Dan, I think you've said yes, right? Well, I was projecting what I think is going to happen. Okay. I don't know if he deserves that per se, but then again, it's only been two years. It hasn't been as bad as Phil Emery yet because you remember how poor 2014 was. You know what? Phil had three years, actually. Uh, Phil had 12, 13, and 14. I was wrong on that. He had three years. Yeah, that's uh, right. Love you. Yeah, they love you. Yeah, right. Tressman, he had Tressman for two. But mm-hmm. Tressman was such a failure that in that last year, and with the thing with uh, the, his offensive coordinator and Jay and all that, sh- that he had to go. And and I think if it continues off the rails, the more it just continually dissipates, the more the fire starts to get, or his seat gets hot. But he, then again, maybe he suggests, maybe he's going to be like, well, maybe we should get rid of Eberflus to like almost, you know, sacrifice him and say, it's not my fault. It's the coach who's not developing the players to try to buy himself more time. Who who knows how, how you get, or, or are they just for, so tight that they go out together? But maybe Poles yeah. turns on him to keep his own job. Yeah. I don't know what, right now he hasn't really shown that he deserves to keep it, but I just, considering he's in his second year, it's hard for me to pull the trigger. But for Eberflus, I would fire him Friday if if they lose again. Yeah, I have to agree with that. So let's just stay there before I get Tucci's thoughts on polls. So let's say he's fired Friday. What are you doing? Who who are you you who are you promoting as head coach? I don't give a fuck at this point. I don't care. <laughs> the the high tower guy. Then uh, at the very least, they got to fire that fucking defensive lineman, the defensive line coach. Uh, I told you last year, all his guys just stood up on their tippy toes as soon as the ball was snapped. All we heard about in the preseason was that the kid we drafted, Dexter, didn't get off the line fast enough. Nobody got off the line fast enough on the 2022 Bears, and I saw that as a novice. So mm-hmm. we, we come in with the same shit where no one's getting any pressure. They've had two sacks in four weeks. Somebody on the defensive side's got to go. So mm-hmm. I would start with that motherfucker. But, yeah, if Eberflus <laughs> loses again, he's got to go Friday. But I know it won't happen, but I'm hoping. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tooch, what do you think about polls? What are you doing with him the rest of this season? Are you – well, he, he's got to keep his job the rest of the season, but are you considering fire him at the end of the season? Well, I never would have hired him, but yeah, I would consider firing him after the season. <laughs> I, just, I don't, I mean, I, I don't like uh, uh, these young guys uh, uh, doing GM for the first time. I prefer like someone who's tried it before and, you know, could come in fresh at the change of scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and every person we get from Kansas City is always poison. Yep. Never works out. Never. How true uh, is that? And, and I mean, I don't know. I I uh, uh, I don't know what Kevin Warren is thinking, and uh, I know that the McCaskies are probably furious at being the embarrassment of the league. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to throw any thunderbolts down from on high that incinerate Eberflus. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's uh, uh it, there's no way you can keep Eberflus if you have the number one or number two or something like that, uh, two top four picks 
uh, in next year's draft. There's no way you can keep Eberflus because, like you said, he's not developing any of the guys on the roster. You know, and and maybe the guys just aren't that good, anyways. You know, I right. mean, they're, they're questionable picks. Uh, uh, Gervon Dexter was raw, and you picked him really high. He probably could have gotten him later. Uh, Third round. The, the, the decision to send uh, what turned out to be a first end of the first round pick. I know it was mm. top of the second day uh, for Chase Claypool. That was ridiculous. He wasn't he he wasn't worth a fourth round pick to me. I know I got flamed on here by Mister Shorty and Nomad for <laughs> for uh, saying the Steelers robbed us blind. You know, <laughs> but uh, but I was right. I mean, it's like you don't yeah. you don't you don't uh, you don't give up that big of a pick for someone because uh, uh, you can draft a guy that's even better at that that say in the second round. You know, from what I've heard, yeah. the Steelers did a really really good job of playing pose against himself, yeah. saying you know I'm getting a lot. The Steelers told the Bears. Uh, I'm getting a lot of offers, getting a lot of offers. The Packers are interested yeah. in helping Aaron Rodgers out yep. and they're ready to give up their second round pick, you know? So a rookie you know, GM play. mistake. Exactly. And Aldo, we should never get a wide receiver from Pittsburgh again. San Antonio Holmes, Marcus Wheaton, Chase Claypool. All three were terrible here. Mm-hmm. What was the guy that got busted for selling drugs? That was a bear. Sam Hurd. Sam, Sam Hurd. Yeah. Yes. I know he was Dallas, though. But he was a cowboy. Yeah. Cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Free agent wide receivers, uh, you know, uh, with the exception of like Brandon Marshall and I guess Muslim Muhammad, they haven't worked mm-hmm. out here, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, I, I mean, acquiring DJ Moore was a good move, though. Absolutely. A great move. This guy. I mean, I'm really enjoying him playing. I I really hope that Justin Fields continues this connection with DJ Moore that they started in preseason and we saw last Sunday. Man, I I think, you know, if Fields can get some protection, he and DJ Moore should have another really nice productive day on Thursday night. All right. So what did you think of what do you think of this idea? <laughs> Tony Medlin, the equipment man for head coach. You fire Eberflus and you bring in Tony. He knows where all the jock straps are. He knows. He knows what players like. He looks like he, Apollo Creed's manager. <laughs> he does. Great actor. Or maybe Bill, the actor Bill Duke, who was in Predator. <laughs> No, not Bill Duke, but you got it right with the he got it right with Apollo Creed's manager. Throw the towel! Yeah. Justin, throw the towel! This offensive line is gonna kill you. Yeah. Oh man, I think we should try to get that trending. Tony Tony Medlin. Uh, he's been the equipment manager like for 30 years or something like that. So I, I think he could get the job done. <laughs> All right, let's see. What time are we? 9.46. We got 40 more minutes of Dan and Tooch. Um, what do you what do you guys think? Are we gonna <laughs> oh did you update it or is that the same one? Yeah, that's the same one. Um, what do you think? Are we going to win this game on Thursday night, guys? Go ahead, Dan. If I had to bet my money, i of course I'm not a gambler, but if I were, I would say no. Mm-hmm. If I had to put my money as a wager. The fan in me says, I mean, I know we've lost 14 in a row and 15 out of 16, but at some point, like the 97 Bears started out 0-7 and mm-hmm. won inexplicably on Monday night in Miami against Dan Marino when they were heavily favored. 
and you know we still pulled it out. So somewhere, somehow, we we have we're going to win another game. Somewhere we're going to win another game. I mean, maybe it's Thursday. So I'm hoping it's Thursday. But if you're telling me that I have to put my money in, I'm saying Washington's winning. Oh. What do you think, Tooch? I know that you study these things for a living. Uh, I already look, I already bet on the commanders. So sorry. <laughs> the Bears are terrible, man. The coaches. So are you, coach you going to be rooting for Washington then? Uh, probably. What kind of a fan are you? I, yeah. My wallet, my wallet will be will be rooting for the Commanders. In my heart, I'm doubly, I'm doubly going hard for the Bears now because you've betrayed the Chicago Bears. <laughs> well, well, does it? I, I'm, I'm actually by like rooting for the Commanders. I'm actually kind of helping the Bears usher in a new era. You know, with Eberflus and Poles out the door. You mm-hmm. know. So it, that's that's love from a Bears fan. Yeah, I can't go. I can't watch a Bears game and not want them to win. <laughs> I even when I have bet against the Bears, I still root for the team to yeah, win. Yeah, I do too, Danny. And honest, it's 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 not because you know. First of all, I don't bet that much. I'll, the tops I'll bet is 30, yeah. 40 bucks. And so if I lose 30, 40 bucks and I'm happy afterwards that the Bears won, uh, that that's that's the price of admission. That's cool. Uh, I got no problem with that. I do think that the Bears can beat this team. It's going to be a, a, a performance by the offensive line. They, should, they they have started to gel, and Danny Schumann was right about this. After that Kansas City game, that, that embarrassing Kansas City game, he went back and watched the All-22, and he said, you know what, I'm actually seeing some encouraging things here. And so I took a look at it, and I said, you know what, he's right. And then when the Bears came out against the Broncos, I know this was a horrific team, 70 points allowed, 700 yards allowed the previous week. And then against the Commanders, they allowed the Commanders to score 33 points. Uh, But that's the interesting thing, you know, is that the Commanders gave up that many points. I think that the offense can come out and continue what they started. And it's just now this defense that has to beat the commanders and they've got a rookie quarterback that you can, you can psych we're for, out. We're forgetting one important thing. <laughs> I'm not forgetting. <laughs> Larry Borum was pretty bad on Sunday I and mean, he got beaten. One yeah. sack was, I mean, it was like he, he wasn't even on the field. He barely moved before the, the guy went past him and penalties like, and you're going to, I know Braxton's on IR and wasn't playing well anyway, but still, I mean, if I'm going to talk about, oh, I'm pounding my chest, the line's getting better. Ooh, 75 Thanks, has not Paul. gotten better. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Aldo, uh, you said uh, uh, Tony Medlin. I got a couple guys that think I would replace Eberflus and company with. Okay. <laughs> Ted Lasso, what's his uh, assistant's name? Coach Beard. Coach, I, I think they could turn us around for the rest of the season. I really well, I mean, do. They'd bring a real healthy attitude, I'll tell yeah. you that. <laughs> you can't do much worse. Yep. Um, you're you're right, Dan. I, I totally get that. And, and the Bears' offensive line, you know, they're going to have their hands filled, especially with the middle. Those two guys, the two outside guys are great. Montez, Sweat, and uh, – There's too many uh, distractions, Aldo, with this team. Yeah. Well, that's you that's know. the other thing that doesn't help this team. Know. You know, this whole Chase Claypool thing yep. feels a little Alan like Williams, Chase it's Claypool. just as disruptive as the Allen losing Williams. streak. Now they're all in their heads, like I said yep. last week. 
I agree with that. I agree. But I, I, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I do. I will not be surprised if they win this game. Um, I will be and surprised. We owe them. If they, and because we owe, of that dud last year that when we should have won. Yeah. Yep. When Dar, uh, when Mooney couldn't hold the ball. Mm-hmm. And that, yep. uh, was that we were at home last year, right? Or yes. We in, yeah, we we're at home. Yes. This, we're on the road in this one. Yeah. So uh, will make I it mean, tough for no doubt. The, the the Redskins quarterback is not very good, but he played a good game. Well, Carson Wentz wasn't very good last year either, but they still won. Mm-hmm. Very true. But go ahead, too. Uh, go ahead, yeah. Too. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, could the Bears win? Sure. It's not likely, though, with all the distractions. The coaches are terrible. You know, I'm just saying that the, the Redskins' defensive line is really terrible, too. Man. They're going to put pressure on uh, the Bears' interior uh, offensive line, you know, all, all game long. Uh, Justin Fields is the number one pressured quarterback in the NFL this year. Again, he's getting pressured on 47% of his dropbacks. That's like 50% of the time he's getting he's getting pressure. You yeah, know, but a lot of win. times, a lot of times he holds on to the ball too long, and this is what uh, Sam Howell does too mm-hmm. with the, yeah, with, uh, too. Yep. the Commanders. He uh, he has been sacked an average of I think five point five times per game this yep. season. We should we and should get some sacks. We should game. finally because we got the team has one and a half sacks for the entire season. I think we can match that total. What do you think, guys? <laughs> Laz, Laz doesn't see it, uh, although I don't yeah. see it. <laughs> Last is the rational thinking one in the chat room. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, enough about the Bears talk because it's it's very difficult to find the silver lining. So let's just move on to talk about some other stuff. Guys, have you seen anything on the uh, silver screen or on TV that you'd like to share with people? I'll start with you first, Mr. Dan Aguirre. Oh, well, not really because of the traveling and stuff. I That was consumed and then before that all the high school preparation so uh for the broadcast on friday night then i was out the door saturday so unfortunately all i've everything i've watched has been bears so i love this segment of the show but i can't contribute this week oh Um, no i've been watching american horror story again there you go how it's our new season right now too right yes season 12 so if you it's got a really cool name sorry aldo oh sorry I forget what it. I've been disappointed with it so far. It's a little Rosemary's Babyish, and the second episode—I won't give any spoilers. It's just the same thing keeps happening over and over and over to Julia Roberts's niece, Emma Roberts. She's the protagonist in this one, which is a good switch up for her because they usually have her playing a bitch, and like I didn't want her to get typecast because she actually is a good actress. So she's sort of the hero. She's the What's Woody's uh, lady's name? Mia Farrow. He, she he, she's the Mia Farrow of of this conspiracy, mm-hmm. uh, equating it to Rosemary's Baby. But the same thing keeps happening over and over and over in the second episode, and it's almost like nothing happened at all. And fifty minutes later, I was like, "Well, that was a shitty episode." So I don't know how it's going to go so far. I think there's only like four more episodes of this story arc, and then this the second part of the season is going to be another story because they. Something to do with the writer's strike. They had to shut it down. Oh, okay. It affected the filming of the show. It's uh, called Delicate. This season is called Delicate. Emma Roberts, uh, Kim Kardashian. And then this, when it picks up, I'm trying to see Michelle, all the the Uh, actors I'm not familiar with. 
Is that the, the new Exorcist movie come out, Danny, on Friday? Octo October 6th. Again, it was supposed to come out the 13th, but they pushed it back because of Taylor Swift. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Are you going to see the Taylor Swift movie, Dan? No, Blair? but I am interested in is the Pet Cemetery movie what what is it supposed to be a prequel or something? Is that a movie or a series? I think oh. it's a series. Oh, okay. All right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was a series too, but uh, let me see. I'm doing a quick. I know search. Saw Saw Ten is out. I I haven't watched it yet. I haven't saw Saw Ten. Saw but... Ten. Okay. The, I love the I, first one. That's classic. Yeah, I stopped after two, so I'm seven behind. The ninth one unbelievably featured Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. Is that the, like the spiral movie or whatever? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah that, that was right. actually that was, wasn't yeah. bad. That wasn't bad. Yep. James Hunter thinks that uh, Pet Cemetery is a, is a movie, and okay. I'm, I think right. I'm wrong because uh, I can't find TV series Pet. Was Cemetery. it a prequel yeah. then? Let's see. It's called Bloodlines. Mm -hmm. Let me see. I'm calling up the trailer. I've been Blood, having yeah Bloodlines. Yeah, I remember that now. Did you hear any of that video that I just played? No. I heard like it sounded like the video was starting and then it stopped. Okay. Let me see if I can uh, share this. This is the trailer for Pet Cemetery. But if yeah, there's no audio, when there's no, if there's no audio, let me know. Um, I really want to see this because I, I have not watched this at all. Something different. That's it. <laughs> Wherever. Just enjoy every second of getting the heck out of Ludlow. Oh. That scared me a little bit, Aldo. I saw that. <laughs> the hell is that? First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. The secret place. Generation to generation, dead things buried in that land would come back. There's something else. Can you hear them? Voices. I think something's wrong with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. People built the pet cemetery to protect them from evil. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Hell, what have you done? We have to find Timmy. Now stop this. Is that David DeCuff? I held yeah. him the day he it was. Yeah, there he is. He looks old. Hold the day he goes out. Was the other guy Henry Thomas with the glasses? I think so. Yeah. Get ready to jump, Tooch. <laughs> oh. Believe me when I say. Sometimes. Dead is better. Though. 
I can't tell. Is it a prequel or what? Yeah, it looks good, man. That's it nice, was good cast for a for a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it looked money. pretty good. Uh, but I I loved part two. A lot of people just act like it didn't exist. Uh, the guy from Dexter, uh, New Blood, Clancy Brown, was a, a good. The officer that got buried, oh, yeah. and then it's sort of the the heel in it after he comes back from the grave. Around. Yeah, I thought Pet Cemetery Two was great. The first one was okay, uh, and the third, the the remake was was good too. How they changed it up and made the thirteen year old daughter the one they buried instead of little Gage. Because how menacing could the toddler be? You know, like. But when they made the like the teenager the fucking killer, I was like, wow, she's sinister. So mm-hmm. I, you know, all of these movies have been pretty good. So I bet this one will be good too. Looks good. Yeah, I thought the preview was okay. You know, but I, I do yeah. get a little concerned about horror movies when the previews contain all of these, you know, best parts. Well, not not, not the best parts. What I was going to say is these sound jump effects. Scare. Yeah, the jump scare. That's the perfect way of putting it. It's like because is that all that this movie is going to be about? Oh. You know, I'd I'd love for the Ashley's preview. got the scoop. It's a preview. Hey, there's Ashley. Where's Ashley been? Yeah. I miss you, Ashley. Ashley, I still haven't had intercourse with you. (laughs) Neither have I. (laughs) Dude, have you? I love that she loves horror films like she does, though. All jokes aside, I love the fact that she loves horror movies the way she does. So, yep, yeah, she looks like she'd be a a great person to take on a date to a horror movie or to bed with. She looks like. Do you guys yeah. want to do like a special Halloween show where we show up uh, in disguises or not disguises, uh, costumes? No, well, I mean, uh, I was hoping- it is. It's a Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping yeah. to miss that day. It's my birthday, actually. Oh, that's to to right. Halloween be- baby. Yeah, I'm Super- hoping to go to the theater and watch. If Exorcist is still there, I want to see that. Probably Pet Cemetery. Probably Saw. If all those are there, I'm going to watch three or four movies that day. By the way, Ashley says you you haven't had sex with her because it's your fault. <laughs> can, well, what can I say? Can you have phone sex with her right now? Just say sexy things to her. Remember when that was a thing? Phone sex. <laughs> that was my thing. Yeah, the landline, huh? <laughs> I was a customer, not a. <laughs> Did you all ever uh, call one of those like nine hundred numbers? Oh yeah. Fucking hey. Uh, my I dad would whip my ass if he got a phone bill, five hundred dollar phone bill. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> my neighbor did that, and I was in the room with him. I was like fourteen or fifteen. I'd slept with one person at this time, so naturally I was like, "We're gonna talk to a girl," you know. So yeah, I was all into it, and um, yeah, they, they they were just so they were hustlers. They were hustlers. They were trying to say, uh, "Buy us a plane ticket, and we'll come there." And like, oh, really, really. It's just the whole thing was such a big pile of shit. I just, even at like 14, I was like, yeah, these girls are awesome. Zach believes that you've got the resume to become the Bears defensive coordinator. (laughs) 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 And James Hunter says, dang, Dan is Mel Tuckering now. (laughs) (laughs) They're uh, they're, uh, preparing Dan for the interview. So, Dan, how many dick pics have you sent? Oh. I don't know. Oh, Lord. <laughs> By the way, um, Swanky brings up the name CJ Stroud. Are you guys, any of you, the two of you guys, disappointed that we didn't draft CJ Stroud? And it's four games now, in. 
Four games okay. in, and Rick Rick Meyer was rookie of the year in 1993. Let's not forget that. Okay. So That's you can have a great first month or first season. It doesn't mean you're going to repeat. Well, I know there are a lot of people who are like saying, we fucked up. We should have traded fields and we should have drafted this kid. What do you say, Tooch? I mean, well, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you know he he he. Uh, yeah, I would have said, yeah, of course not. But like, we never have the coaches to develop guys. He would suck with us too. So yeah, we yeah. we have to. The decision for that uh, is this year when we decide whether we keep Justin Fields if we launch Eberflus a company and actually hire some real coaches, uh, coaches that know how to uh, coach the coach quarterback position. Then, uh, then you make the decision on uh, drafting. His quarterback class should be pretty good next year. And Caleb Williams and Drake May. And there's a lot of them out there, man. Some good quarterbacks coming up here. Marvin Harrison Jr. will be sitting up there at the top, too. And that's a generational talent, uh, though he got injured in last week's game. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the decision was still coming up. But, I mean, man, I what would really shock me is if the Bears really do launch a coach in the middle of the season because how many losses it going to take for the guy to, to lose his job in a row? Yeah. You know, you know before mm-hmm. the McCaskies come down, they're just like, get rid of this fucking guy, you know? <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's that's the thing, you know, is like last year's three and 14 record that he had was excusable yeah. because we all felt, all right, we understand what happened. Yep. They tanked, they, you know, gutted the roster. But this four-game losing streak this year is starting to sound, you know, five alarm, yeah. five alarm fire bell drills, whatever the fuck the saying is. Yeah. It looks like he's also losing the team. You know, these yep. press conferences have killed them. The Allen Williams one, yep. the Chase Claypool one. So all team. that is adding, yeah, all that is adding up to, yeah, you're gonna have to make a move. You know, don't want to wait to the week 13 by maybe probably gets two hours of sleep a night. I tell you, uh, guy. He never <laughs> seems upset about a loss. And like last season, I kept telling you how, how does a player buy into him when he's just like, okay, it's okay to lose now. Yeah. It's okay yeah, for us right, to lose he? now. But when the season <laughs> starts next year, we're going to win. I mean, you start to listen to this guy and you think this guy's a fool. He can't lead us. He doesn't know shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah you know, uh, it's a, Oh God, it's a uh, thing is with uh, with Coach Eberflus, uh, and uh, we had a whole off season to prepare, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is what we got. And you know, Danny Shimon's like, "Well, I'm seeing some things I like." It took four fucking games to get to yes. something we like, you know. And yes. you had a whole off season to prepare, and and we mm-hmm. didn't, we haven't done jack shit. We've looked like crap. Nothing was coordinated. You know, whether offensively or defensively, and then you heap on top of it the, the Alan Williams scandal, the the uh, the Chase Claypool, the uh, the fourteen game losing streak. We've given up twenty five or more points in every single game. Someone broke into Soldier Field and stole equipment. Damn, <laughs> it can't get any worse. You know, I mean, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, at the. At I don't know whether the Bears will win a game this year. I don't know. Do you have the ske- that schedule graphic? You know? I do. Throw, I the, spent, throw that uh, thing up there because, I mean. Man, I'll, we need to win in week seven. It's time for me to get a win in person. Come on. All right, mm-hmm. week seven. Is that, now, that, that is a winnable game. Yes, it is. You know? Because uh, uh, David, who's the quarterback? Um, Garoppolo. Garoppolo, he won't be back then. And if Garoppolo's he is, he's a sitting duck. Yep. And then uh, 
that they brought in a rookie, uh, uh, Aiden O'Connell, who played at Purdue. Uh, he didn't do that well. And then, uh, I mean, uh, the Vikings are beatable this year. Panthers, Absolutely. we got the Panthers week 10. Yeah, but Jefferson will probably catch five touchdowns on this secondary unless we get some people back. Yeah, that's the thing. They'll, they'll, they can outscore us, you know, with their yeah. weapons because nobody nobody on the Bears can cover Justin Jefferson. I mean, nobody, nobody on any other team really covers him anyways. He gets 100 yards every week. But uh, uh, the, the Panthers game, but unfortunately it's on a Thursday, you know, so we've got a short week to prepare for that. Other, other than that, I don't see any. I mean, you could beat the Falcons, I guess. Like, J-Rock week, says week the Raiders. Is the only... first, yeah, week seven might be our first uh, win of the season. One and six. Well, I don't just, see yeah. Derek Carr in New Orleans is, like, unbeatable either. No. Yeah, their right. defense is good, though. There's only one problem with the week seven game. Dan's going to be there. <laughs> you, what, what are you now one in ten or one in nine? one in nine one in nine Damn. Wow. but this Damn time good. i've got heidi's toes there i can t- <laughs> rub her toes like a rabbit's foot i can rub her toes I love it. and we've got chris it. from scotland or wherever the fuck chris is from yeah. in the uk Yorkshire. yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if you end up being three and 18 you're going to get the nickname eberflips <laughs> well, it's going to stop at either one and uh, one and ten, or or two and nine, at least for a while. I'm not coming back till next year, guaranteed. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, wait you're driving minute. now. This, okay. Well, then that's, this is that's important exciting. breaking news. So, so all those got to break. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Ashley is chatted up uh, that uh, she's leaving, but she wants yeah. Dan to know that she is driving now so well, i was in your exactly... town at the, that's the airport i fly out of and come back to so well so when is this going to happen between the two of you guys because i want to oh, make who it knows? happen i want to help can we make <laughs> it happen this weekend actually tell me are you available yeah. friday or saturday i gotta work friday and uh and saturday so uh actually uh, uh, i'm available all right well i guess it's not gonna happen I'm off Sunday. Ashley, are you available Sunday? And can you drive to Dan's house? How far of a drive is it? Uh, She's about an hour and a half from me. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, It's not bad at all. No. For for sex, I've driven 150, 250 miles. I've driven long, long distances. But you know, uh, I was going to say though, I'm not. I swear, as I, I could drive to Cleveland, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to Cleveland. I, I, I could. Ron selling his tickets, be like, oh, I could hop, hop on Detroit or even Atlanta or Phoenix or I'm sorry, Arizona. Now, uh, I, I, I'm not doing it. I'm not coming to any more games after the Raider game this year. I can't. I'm not going to waste any more money on this shit show unless they make changes. What if they go on a winning streak and I say, come on in for Christmas Eve game against the Cardinals? Because that, you know, that's the game that Danny Shimon predicted Justin Fields was going to pass for 300 yards and rush for 100 yards. Wouldn't that be cool? It seems like he doesn't run for any yards anymore. It's like everyone, <laughs> everyone is taking that away from him somehow, like completely. Yep. The that's Cardinals are actually playing hard right now. The whole yeah, team. That they are playing better than expected. You're absolutely yep. right. Yeah, maybe the Falcons game then, New Year's Eve celebration at Soldier yeah, Field. that's a winnable game, but, I mean, uh, uh, Desmond Ritter is terrible quarterback. 
Yeah, who's the, who's the backup? Somebody name with name recognition. I forgot who the backup is, but there's reports are that Ritter is going to be benched. And so last the, uh, year it was Marcus Mariota. He's on the Eagles now. Yeah. Let me see if I can get that for you all, though. Yeah, thank you, sir. Um, Dan, so go ahead. I was going to say, where's Chase at now, the, the, our old backup from Trubisky? You know he's in the league somewhere. He's doing my podcast now. Oh, he's out of the league? Yep, he's out of the finally, league. Finally, finally. Yep. Talk about a guy that got paid a bunch for nothing. How about it, man? He's made so much money. It's Taylor Heineke who was on the commission. Taylor Heineke, yeah. He he he's a formidable quarterback. Yeah, know? he's shown some fire before. He he's really he should be quarterbacking now. I think he's going to be, if not this Sunday, uh very, very soon. I'm surprised yeah. Washington let him go every time he played for them. They, they did fairly well. Yeah, they just really wanted to invest all of their efforts and confidence in Sam Howell, the second rounder who's now in his second year. It's going to be interesting to see him uh, quarterback against the Bears because the Bears have to blitz this kid. I know it's against Eberflus's mantra, but you got to blitz this kid. He'll get rattled. He'll make bad throws. He threw four interceptions against the Buffalo Bills. You want to know why? Because they were putting pressure on him. And Fuck this whole shell defense. Play a little man-to-man. Blitz the shit out of him. Get to the quarterback. Knock him down three or four times early in the game, and he will be erratic the rest of the game. And then Exactly. I agree defense, 100%. Go ahead. Go ahead. On, on, on defense, they've got a cornerback, Emmanuel Forbes, a first-rounder, who has been was burned by A.J. Brown of the Eagles for two touchdowns. He's just played poorly. And that's that should be D.J. Moore's guy. Line him up against this kid. He's a long arm. He's got like seven-foot-long arms. But I'm sure D.J. Moore can beat him, get open, and get yak on him yards after catch. Two keys to victory. Pressure Howell and get D.J. Moore 150 yards of uh, – uh, yeah, yeah most, I see this on the corner of my eye. He won't, although – yeah, you're right. He won't blitz. You're absolutely right. So why are we even doing this show? Why are we all here? What's going on? If you look at history, how did the Giants beat Brady in the Super Bowl twice? They hit him. How did mm-hmm. the Bears beat Brady in Tampa or at Soldier Field in 2020? They hit him. Yep. How did Mahomes lose to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl? He got hit. That's, yeah. I mean, you can't, the Bears just allow all these quarterbacks, like even Baker Mayfield, to just stand there without any pressure. And NFL players got talent, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Anybody mm-hmm. that's there has got some skill. And if you don't pressure them, any of them can beat you on any given Sunday, like the cliche says. Yep, indeed. So we can make I'm this not- guy look like a pro bowler tomorrow night or Thursday night if, uh, they don't get any pass rush on him at all. I totally agree with you. I'm going to do a screen grab of this. Cliff Victoria saying it's way too early to give up on the season, guys. Sucks now. But if the Bears go on a winning streak, we're going to put this that freeze frame of Cliff's comment back up on the screen, and we're going to give him the respect and adulation he deserves. I mean, I don't think any of us wants to give up on the season. We're giving up on the coach thinking – if they fire him, we can maybe salvage the season with somebody else. I agree. I agree. I don't I don't want to give up on them, Cliff. It's just 
I've lived way too long with this kind of disappointment, and I'm trying to protect myself from from having to go into four hours of deep crying. <laughs> this guy makes Mark Tressman look like Vince Lombardi, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I I did not think it would be this bad. No. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. A crap, 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 mega crap. Big fan. Fangio's in Miami, right? Is the DC? He's the defensive coordinator for Miami, and he got burned by the Bills big time, I think, for 30 plus points. So uh, even the great coaches have bad days. Uh, it's just yeah. our coach, Matt Eberflus, has had a bad year and a half. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Uh, Tooch, what have you seen? What do you want to share with oh, us? Oh, man. Yeah, like last week I talked about Poker Face, right? Yeah, uh, that was really good. And then um, I, uh, I I've been watching some sports movies because I wanted my wife to you know understand like uh, you know why we love football so much. So mm -hmm. uh, we watched Friday Night Lights together, the movie. You know, the oh, Peter I love Berg it. And Billy Bob Thornton, you know. And I was like, you know, I was it's it was like she loved it too. Yeah. See all the drama and stuff, but at the end she was like, "What? That ending <laughs> sucks." I was like, "But it's bittersweet, you know." But, exactly a but, great uh, soundtrack on that movie yeah, great soundtrack well directed mm -hmm. great pacing uh well acted as well and uh uh we watched uh the white men can't jump remake you know updated for today which is really good the hulu uh, yeah i want to see that i've heard, yeah, heard some good, good things about it yeah it's fine i mean the original is the is the classic you know the top but I mean, it was fun. It's a it's a great story, you know. This one was updated a little bit more modernly, modern for today. So, but yeah, it was a, it's recommended. Excellent. By the way, Dana, go ahead. I'm not sure if you've seen the latest message from Ashley. There, she has driven two hours for sex. <laughs> hey, don't worry about my sex life in this century. The guy we need to get laid is, is coming from England. Oh. Chris, what Chris is the guy that do? needs to get some ass on uh, when he comes to America. The poor guy, uh, he has said numerous times, "Oh, I can't tell you the last time I got laid." You know, so like that's the guy we've got to get laid. Well, maybe uh, Mr. Shorty's going to take care of him because I got them a room in downtown Chicago for one night. I shouldn't say I did; Donna did, right? Uh, because. Chris Watts is going to be the fan of the week on Fox on, 32, right? On Fox 32. And so uh, Mr. Shorty reached out to me and said, maybe Donna can help. And I asked her and she said, yeah, I think I can arrange something. So may, and the two of them are staying together on Thursday night, October 12th, is it? Uh, whatever. That well, maybe is. Dan can just blow Christmas. <laughs> exactly. That's where I'm I was just, going. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm I'm getting, getting Shorty and drag. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> No offense to Dan. Uh, <laughs> J-Rock says, Shorty will give him some ass. <laughs> he did kiss me on the cheek. Both of them. He did. And when he, shaked my, he, when he shook my hand after that Dolphins game, I, I could detect there was something sexual going on. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the Raiders game with uh, Dan and, and Heidi and Chris and Mr. Yes. Shorty, too. Dan's going yes. and Cliff Victoria's going, too. I might have to drive out for that party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cliff's <laughs> going to be there as well. Wow. Cliff, Cliff Victoria. We need Cliff yeah. to cook us dinner and some gourmet meals. 
Oh, yeah. and Sonny may go to that one. Sonny said he's looking to get a ticket for it now, too. Ooh, look at that, man. What a party. That's going to be a party, man. I wish I could go to that game. Anyway. All right. Uh, so, Tucci, you're done. I, I really haven't watched anything either that I'd like to share with you. I've been watching. I, I did watch the premiere episode of The Bachelor, the senior citizen version. Here's a uh, 71-year-old widower. Uh, who's been a widower now for almost 10 years, and he's dating 25 different women age. And some of them are really hot looking, man. Um, and uh, it was a very emotional episode because so many of these people are talking about, this is my last chance at romance. So I'm looking over at Donna, she's tearing up and stuff. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, so they, they, I think they've got another hit in the Bachelor series. And then immediately following that on Thursday nights is Bachelor in Paradise. And that's the one that I really look forward to because you got all these gorgeous women walking around in bikinis and stuff. And there's the, the drama. That's really all I've been watching because I've just been so busy with uh, covering stuff it here at the Bottom like Network. Swanky would like. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Uh, and I'm surprised Swanky hasn't uh, applied to be, you know, one of the bachelors on that TV show. He'd be great on it. <laughs> I had a couple of drinks with him. He's the, got the Herontophiliac season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a couple of drinks with Swanky. He's got star quality. He really does. Um, to, uh, excuse me. What time are we at? 1020. All right. We got 10 minutes, Dan. What do you want to share with us? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see Tower of Power on Thursday. You are? Mm -hmm. I don't know the what original? that is. Yep. It's a band. The, uh, uh, the horn, uh, funk, soul band. Like been around for quite a long time. I've never heard it's of been them. been on, huh? on my bucket list. So yeah, I'll be, they're coming through Des Moines uh, two nights. Me, the wife and I, and another couple. Going to a really I, nice venue called Hoyt Sherman Place. It's really nice, like old time theater. You know, like those. Are, are they mo most of them are the original members? I think so. I, I don't know. I was. Uh, yeah. I think I think a lot of original members are in it. Yeah, they got a great sound, great horn sound. My um, basement thing happened today. It, yeah. So Dan Aguirre tells me that they're working on his basement, and so while he was trying to get sleep during the day. No, I was able to sleep through it, but the dude, I talked to him at the end of the day. He goes, oh, man, he's like, I am just so fucking tired. He's like, I'm sorry for cussing. I was like, no, 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 it's okay. He goes, I, he's like, I drove here, and I thought, why are they making me do this over the course of two days? He's like, I'll get this done today. He had two guys with him, and he goes, the cement and the concrete in your basement was so, he's like, I, it kicked my ass. And he was running that jackhammer from like 9 a.m., and I woke up again at like 1.30, and he was still the same noise. It was almost, <laughs> yeah, almost 3 p.m., and he said, I can't do anything else today. He said, it's all set up. Tomorrow we'll come in and install everything, uh, which is costing me $10,600. But, oh, um, yeah, he just he jackhammered for like six hours. He's like, that, he's like, that concrete was so thick. He's like, I, it just it killed me. So that's where we are. Uh, there's a huge mess in my basement that they hopefully will fix tomorrow. Excellent. Tooch, want to tell us about any home repairs? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, uh, the, 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 uh, there's a smoke alarm in the girls' bedroom. And mm -hmm. uh, every night it's like goes off at random times, like one in the morning, four in the morning. And it's like wakes, scares the shit out of me, waking me up in the middle of the night and 
disrupting my sleep. My wife thinks it's a ghost because she's mm-hmm. Filipino and uh, they believe in ghosts and stuff. And that, but Hi, me, I, like, <laughs> I fucking ripped that thing out of the scene. I was about to fucking smash it. The, uh, the maintenance guys uh, coming tomorrow to take a look at it. it well, oh, real quick, goodness. if Heidi's listening still, I want to acknowledge like, uh, you know, that you supposedly you get like good luck from rubbing a rabbit's foot. Mm-hmm. So Heidi, I've said at the game, you need to wear open toed shoes and I'm going to rub your toes for good luck for the bears and it won't be creepy or maybe it will be but either way i'll enjoy it that's right heidi it's going to be a warm warm day for that raiders game uh you want to see the weather forecast uh let me show it to you hold on that's our weather girl heidi oh actually this is the wrong one i'm sorry (laughs) Give give me the excuse to play it again I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Um, all right. Let's get out of here, guys. Um, this has been a fun show. Heidi arrives and everybody leaves. <laughs> That's never happened to her before in her life. Um, but, uh, uh, Dan, any final words? You want to predict the score? on the? On I can't Thursday? predict the score. If I had to predict the score, it would be a, a losing score. Because, again, if you're going to make me make it a bet mm-hmm. or a, a prediction – then Washington's going to win. But I want the Bears to win. I can't watch the game and not root for the Bears. I don't I don't care if they win 3-2. to two. You know, let's find a way to get a win Thursday. I don't care how it's done. Hopefully Justin stays healthy and plays great. Go Bears. That's all I can say. Go Bears. Bear down. Such, I, know, I know you're picking Washington. You want to give us some numbers that we can talk about next time? I'll still root for the Bears. I'm going to be happy when they make some nice plays and stuff. But if they lose, I'll be happy that my wallet's fatter. How many points are you getting in, in, in the game? How many points are you giving up, I should say? Five. Five points. Okay. Well, if if uh, the commanders win by six or more, I, I'm safe. I mean, the Bears can cover. Absolutely. There's a great play in this game. The Bears' overs are like 4-0, oh, I think. Well, I'm uh, I'm with Mo Borman, except uh, Mo Beerman, except opposite. It's going to be 34-17 Chicago Bears. Ashley is saying uh, that you're a puss, Dan? (laughs) What's going on here? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm scanning up to just see if there's some history, some context for that. It doesn't look like it. Heidi's got Washington winning. Heidi, 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 Heidi. You come over here and depress me. All I got (laughs) to say is, I caramba. <laughs> We're all going to dress up for Halloween. Uh, to, do not come here wearing a Mexican hat, a Mexican sombrero. Do not do it. I will not allow that. But you, you're good. All jokes aside, you're good with me not being here that day, right? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Enjoy your birthday. I hope you get laid. I hope you get <laughs> Ashley in the morning, some other woman in the afternoon, and then at night. Both of them. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you think. (laughs) All right. We are back here with more live programming uh, tomorrow at 2 o'clock. There, there. So that's no bar down hockey talks. Yeah, I'm getting tired here. Um, And then uh, tomorrow night, I think we've got a free night. Oh, Mac and Reed at 6, but Buffon 55 moved to Monday this past week. So we've got a free was that one week only, or was that for, for good? Just, just one week because he's going to uh, Washington to see the game. So ah. 
Monday nights will be free here at the bar room for some time now that South Burps Hitman is free, is uh, is done for the season. So if Dan, if you want to do a show on Monday nights here at the bar room, let's talk. Hey, I, I'm open to, it, of course. Did <laughs> I know you're wanting to wrap up? But one, I, I'm not, you know, a Chicago baseball fan. But Hampton on the show when it started, he was like. Like we've been what we've been trying to talk for an hour, but the worst baseball team in the league kept us from going on the air. I thought you'd have got a kick out of that. I'm glad you explained that because when I was listening to uh, their show to get a clip, they kept apologizing for the delay, and I'm wondering what happened. And so, of course, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, apparently they were doing Sox coverage for like an hour, and they were wanting to go on to bitch and couldn't. But I was. At that time, I didn't know it either because I was bitching just that Sylvester. <laughs> like, why are you so happy? Oh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Heidi says that her, her heart is battered. And, and I read it in her ex post, her Twitter post. She sounds so dejected. Anyway, you'll get a great big hug from a bunch of us when you come to Chicago for that Raider game, Heidi. So we'll make you feel a little better. Uh, and J2K says, don't underestimate how. I, I agree. The kid uh, has a lot of moxie, but he's still young, and if you can rattle him, but that's the thing. We're not playing bare defense. We're not rattling quarterbacks. They're sitting back there drinking mojitos uh, and picking apart the Bears' defense. So Eberflus has to change that. He's got to grow a big set of nuts and say, you know what? I'm going to leave these young DBs on their own, and I'm going to go after Sam Howell. As long as do it. send pictures of those big nuts to the rest of the staff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We can't afford it. Okay. We might be okay. Maybe that's how we get rid of him if he starts. <laughs> good, good point. Very good point. He's showing his little cock to everybody. Get that's, him out of here. Right. Uh, Matt Eberflus is not with us. He's he's not well. Someone he's uh, camera phone away. Anytime <laughs> somebody starts flashing their dick at people, they're like, "I've got to commit to my family. I'm sick." That's right. <laughs> Matt Hebrew-Flus is uh, leaving the organization for health reasons. <laughs> oh, I love it. All I'm right, going to go to work for financial reasons. I'll talk right, to you children later. And yeah. I'm going to go to sleep. So uh, for Tooch, for Dan Aguirre, I'm Aldo Gandia. God bless you all. We'll talk to you soon.